Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to 32 Fans. I'm Alexander Chester, and with me as always is Stephen Wiener. How are you this fine evening? I'm, I'm excited. You know, we've been teasing this for... I've been teasing it probably... I probably mentioned it on the Seinfeld podcast like 18 months ago that I have this, you know, updating top 100 television shows of all time list. And now uh, to finally go through it, I, you know, is... Uh, it's making its grand debut. Sure. Yep. Well, uh, you know, I, I do want to mention something to you. Did you watch... Are you a fan of 30 for 30 on ESPN? Yeah, I've watched um, a lot of them. Spoiler alert: Is that on your list or no? No, because I don't think view it as a television show. Yeah, it's not. A, yeah, I agree. It's not really a television show. It's a series of of, yeah. of documentaries that are unrelated, really. But did you see the one on the magic this week? No, you know, I think now that now that Bill Simmons like doesn't tweet about them because he's not involved anymore. Yeah, I, I think I missed some of them. I have to like go to the you know the Wikipedia and see what I've missed and then check. Them yeah, out. so uh, yeah, I have my DVR automatically records them, which is how I pick them up. Although the problem is that because they're on ESPN. And it's subject to live sporting events, which can go over time. So it's very often been the case that my DVR records it and I get like only like the first half of the episode because the first half of the schedule time is like the fourth quarter oh, yeah. of some very college sad. game. Z- yeah. Hashtag uh, zero with world problems. Yeah. But um, so there was a 30 for 30 on the Orlando Magic this week. And I really forgot, partly because I was too young at the time, like how incredibly stupid the Magic were to lose Shaq. Yeah. They go to the NBA Finals and then a year later he's gone. Basically, because their owner was unwilling to face the reality of how much top players were worth, so he offered Shaq four years, eighty million, when Alonzo Mourning, who was playing right down the road in Miami, was getting one hundred and five million, and Shaq was like by far the best player in the NBA, you know, with the exception of Michael Jordan, but you know he was definitely the future of the league, and to lowball him and basically destroy their franchise for a decade, it's really incredible what he did. Even two decades now were going on. Yeah, well, no, but they came back the following decade. They made it to the finals in two thousand nine with Dwight Howard. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it was pretty terrible, but uh, I have yeah. no idea what we're talking about that now. This is an evergreen podcast. Where this should be, you know, this could be in the, the science of podcasts or something like that. The Hall of Podcasts. All right. Well, I can I just like... say one more thing about this oh, 30 boy. for 30? Yeah. So, well, we this is part of the podcast because I do have 30 for 30 actually on my list of top 100 because I was... I got you, into like, after you admitted it's not a television show, it's on your list. Yeah, because I got to like 85, 90 shows and I was sort of grasping and I'm like, well, what else do I watch? So I was going through my list of you know oh my, my scheduled shows on my DVR. So Shaq has a quote at the end of the episode. So part of the problem is like Shaq is very clearly just saying things that he thinks Magic fans want to hear for the sake of the documentary. Right. So he's talking about how much he loves Orlando, how he should have stayed there. But this is an actual quote that he says, which would make like Marvin Miller uh, turn over in his grave. Can I read you the, the direct quote? I wrote this down. Quote, yeah, sure. I hate the business of basketball, 
they need to change the rules that whoever drafts you, you need to stay with them for your whole career. That's absurd. <laughs> it's like the, like he's like trying to reverse like. Does he regret going to the Lakers and winning championships? No, of course not. He's just saying stupid things that he thinks Magic fans want to hear. Which this is really an issue I have with documentaries in general. Is whenever you watch a documentary about a topic you don't know a lot about, if you don't know sort of the context of where that topic fits in the grander world scheme, you'll be skewed by the documentary because every documentary makes its subject seem like the most important thing in the world. Right. Like, like the best example of this to me was the Len Bias episode of 30 for 30. Mm-hmm. According to that episode, the entire reason for the drug laws in this country in the 1980s was because of Len Bias. After Len Bias died, Ronald Reagan and Congress decided, all right, that's it. We have to totally change the laws in this country, which is like a complete exaggeration and manipulation, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but let's, let's get to the topic at hand. Oh, one more thing I'll mention. You oh, asked boy. people to give us iTunes, iTunes reviews. Yes. Uh, and, and we did get quite a few. And I want to give a special shout out to... To Corgi Butts two seven five. Now I don't know if he if he likes the butts of of those small little dogs that the Queen of England collects, or or what exactly the reason for his. Well, name it could be is. a she also. Could be a she. That's true. Uh, but Corgi Butts two seventy five uh, complimented our podcast. She said, or he said, "quote We have lists and semi coherent discussions." And uh, and Corgi Butts also a, a Mets hater and an, and a Nats fan because uh, he or she was very excited that we uh, both picked the the Nats to go over and the Mets to go under. Which is that what we picked? I don't remember. I have to double check. No, who knows? Yeah. All right, fine. So let's get to the uh, let's get to the topic at hand. So as I said, we have the top 100 TV shows of all time, and I made a list. You made a list. Then I went through and collected the lists of about seven different media sources: uh, the Hollywood Reporter, who just came out with one a couple of months ago, Entertainment Weekly from 2013, TV Line, TV Guide, IMDb, What Culture. I collected these all and I compiled their average score. And these are all top 10 lists or top 100 lists? 100, 100, baby, 100. Okay. Actually, TV Guide was top 50, so that's all. But the other ones were all top 100. And then we also got top 100 lists from a couple of our listeners, Jim Crumley and uh, Michael Clark. Michael, of course, was our Pats fan last fall. And then we got a bunch of top 10 lists from other people. And uh, we'll, we'll touch on those a little bit as well. But the people who gave us 100 were really going to respect. So why don't, we, okay, why don't we start with your list, and you'll go down your list, and I'll sort of chime in and tell you where some of the other folks had them on their lists. Sure. Yeah, and you tell okay. me where... All right, so I'll tell you, like, some of the shows that just missed the list to start. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, we got to be thorough here. Everybody get your pen and paper, right? Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, Mad Men, I didn't... I stopped watching in season two, so I couldn't, in good conscience, put it on the list. Wow. Even though, Even though, wow. I, obviously, it's one of the better shows of all time. I stopped watching it. Are you going to make up for that at some point or no? No, I'm never going to watch Mad Men. Never, ever, ever going to watch Mad Men. What's, what's your opposition for Mad Men? I, it just didn't do it for me. It wasn't, it wasn't exciting enough for me to keep going. And then there were so many boring episodes. I know that, that uh, there's no way I'm going to go through with it. Interesting. You know, I definitely enjoyed sort of hating on Mad Men and trying to, to sort of deride it as being overrated. But at the same time, clearly one of the better shows of all time. I'll tell you on the cumulative list that's in the top 10, it's number 10, according to the media. And on my list, I have it at number 11. And so that's, uh, that's some good consensus we got there. Mm-hmm. I wish we had a consensus for you to speak into the mic. Oh, am I not doing that? Sorry. No. Michael Clark has Mad Men number five. Okay. So, yeah, that's so you're... normal. Mad Men is on a lot of people's Mount Rushmore. Yeah, not on yours. Not on mine. It's not even on my Mount 100 more. Yeah, apparently not. Um, other shows. Do you, do you have categories within your 100 or it's just 1 to 100? No, it's 1 to 100. Listen, oh, there's... Okay. Well, because the way I did it, so I, uh, this is, I'll tell you how I broke down my list. I have my Hall of Fame shows. Oh, I've, that I have. I just have one category, which is my top 11, it could, you know, or my, or is, is, is like the golden tier. Everything after that, you know, I could have a few tiers, but they're not really spelled out. 
Okay, yeah. So my, my tiers are really I have the top six shows of all time, which are what I call the Inner Circle Hall of Famers. You know, these are you know like the Ted Williams, Babe Ruth shows. Uh, then from seven to nineteen are the other Hall of Fame shows. So I have nineteen shows that I consider Hall of Fame shows. Okay. And then I have seventy three up till number seventy three are what I call good shows. And then from seventy four down to eighty seven are shows I say you know I have some issues with them. And then below eighty seven are shows that although I watch them you know pretty much completely, I, I ultimately would not recommend them. Yeah, the the shows I'm going to get to now, I, I don't love or I didn't watch in total or. But all right, so it's just uh, to you know a few more shows. I didn't know what to do with the Flintstones and the Jetsons shows I liked when I was a kid, so I left them off the list. You know, another show I couldn't put on. I, I uh, I'm a big Mary Tyler Moore fan, and I did watch all of the episodes of the show Rhoda, which I would probably be one of the only people to have that on the list. <laughs> but I did not. Uh, that did not make my top hundred. Uh, the show Hard Knocks I really like. I watch every year, but it, it's hard. It gets a little repetitive, and it's hard to put a show like that on a list like this. You know, I liked I Dream of Jeannie from the from the sixties. Uh, Charles in Charge, but uh, all those shows uh, were not good enough to make my list. Okay, so let's get to what actually is on your list. Okay, so the top 100 starts out with Prison Break, a show that started really well but had already jumped the shark really early in the first season when the producers realized that it was a hit and switched course instead of getting them out within like the first 10 episodes said, oh, we're going to keep them here. And I stopped watching, but I, it, it's on the list because it started, you know, it had a really good pilot and there were some really good scenes in the first few episodes and there were some good uh, supporting characters. It's, uh, you know, a, a show ultimately I don't recommend, but I know some people still really like. Oh, that was a show with the brother who went into prison, right? To rescue well, his brother. I, I mean, I won't I won't like spoil the whole thing, but well, I think... that was that was on every commercial. Like I never saw the show and I know that much. About oh, OK, it. fine. Right. Yeah, yeah, I won't give okay. it away, but it was called Prison Break. You could figure it out. Yeah, I remember. Uh, number ninety nine, uh, sim- sort of a similar thing. A show I stopped watching, uh, and th- at this show at its peak was much higher than ninety nine. But ultimately, the the creators messed it up so badly it does not deserve to be any higher than this. And that's Homeland. Ooh. Homeland, uh, Homeland, uh, you know, is really a, should be a Harvard Business School case study in how to mess up a show that everyone watches. Because I don't know a single person that still watches it. And in season two, every single person you knew watched it. So, yeah. and it's still on the air. I have, I have no idea who the main characters are. I have no idea if Claire Danes is even still involved. They, they, they think that I had already stopped watching, but I think they killed off the redheaded guy. Yeah, well, he's on billions now. Yeah. Well, uh, so that's ninety nine. <laughs> Number ninety eight, Family Matters. By the way, I, I have Homeland eighty four, but I agree yeah. with you. I quit after season two. Yeah. Uh, Jim Crumley, similarly. Excuse me, not Jim. Jim doesn't have it on his list at all. But Michael Clark has it at fifty-four, and he says even though the, he says season one and season two were so good, he gives him a lot of credit for that. Wait, does he have a, a, a does does Michael have a like a reasoning for every single ranking? No, but he, Homeland he has a comment. As mediocre oh, okay, as the middle seasons were, season one and season two were gripping. Okay. Or how did you? Or maybe I'm just interpreting his ranking. <laughs> I'm projecting. Okay. But the, the the media the media folks they still give it a lot of credit. It's it's number forty-one on my list. Yeah, but I, we, as time goes on, it will it will really yeah. part fall. Part of that is the way I did this is I didn't just do an average because the, a show that might be on only one of these six lists, but is tenth on the list, you know, will get more credit than a show that's you know in the thirties on all six lists. So I sort of did a point system, like you know, like the top twenty five in in like college football and basketball. And so Homeland gets credit because it, it's on almost every single list. It's in the fifties or sixties, but it's on a bunch of lists. So, and I think a lot of that is because everybody watched it, as you said, the first couple seasons. Okay. And then it uh, really got bad. Yeah. Number 98 is Family Matters. Not much more to say about Family Matters, but I watched every episode probably twice. Except for now, the last few seasons, I've never seen a single episode, actually. Once, I think once St- Stephen Urkel became Stefan Urkel, it probably jumped the shark. Number 97 is show Wait, very is that few true? Pe- Did he really change his name? 
Well, no, there was he would go into like some sort of like back to the future machine and he'd come at a cool guy named Stefan Raquel. Wait, are you being serious? Back and forth. Oh, 100%. Did you ever watch the show? <laughs> yeah, but not like I had no idea that that. Yeah. And the last like like midway through the show, it started. And I think that's as it at, you know, also we couldn't watch TV on Friday night and there were no DVRs then. So you had to be very, you know, you had to like tape on Friday night and some people. Wait, and you I were say, watching the show when it was live every week? No, but then oh, the later it wasn't like syndicated anymore, but like in good spots by the time the show was on TGIF in like season seven or whatever. Oh, yeah, I don't know about that. So I never really watched the last few seasons. Then we got older. Um, but I do know that I St- Stephen became Stefan a lot more. I think in the, in the finale, he goes to space or something like that. Like, it really goes insane. My wife had an uncle who, whose name sort of switched off over the decades between Morris and Maurice. Mm-hmm. You just call him Mo. Well, I like Maurice. Maurice is actually pretty cool. Okay, number 97, a show that nobody else would have on their list. And I think I've mentioned this on this pod or on Seinfeld or something like that, but early edition. It was admittedly, it was a terrible show, but the premise is my favorite premise of, ever, of basically any TV show ever, which is you have a guy who gets the paper a day early and needs to solve it. Yeah, you recommended it, and I actually watched all the episodes on YouTube. It was only one season, right? It might have been a few seasons, honestly. Did you like it? Yeah, it was, it was pretty good. I mean, I watched the whole season on YouTube. The supporting so. cast was pretty weak, and it was a very bleak show. They needed a better sig- cinematographer. Every every scene was really dark and gloomy. It was very much the 90s. Well, but that's a problem with, like, prestige TV in general. Like, you know, one of my issues, anytime there's a show set in, like, a law firm or an office, yeah. uh, you know, for example, Better Call Saul, Every every time they show people in the office, especially at night, it's like really dark and gloomy. Yeah. If you've ever worked in any kind of office, you know that like it's always super insanely bright. Sure, that's they, the they make it bright. Yeah, and Game and of you Thrones. Can't, you can't even turn the lights off because the lights are like automated, like you know, motion censored. You yeah. know, you don't have a choice about how bright. Yeah, it is. Game Game of Thrones. Like I've had to compile clips for work and stuff like that. At, you know, in in the past, and get, you can't find a scene that's light. It's insane. Every Game of Thrones scene, I could barely. I have to like. Okay, but that's fair see. because that wasn't in an era with fluorescent lighting. That's so. true. There was no lighting. <laughs> anyway, so early edition. Uh, they should remake it with a premise. I, I like the story that even though Kyle Chandler, uh, uh, Coach Taylor, is uh, is the star of that show, the the guy who who uh, created uh, Friday Night Lights, P- uh, Peter Berg, Peter Berg was now a big time movie director, hated the show so much that he didn't want to cast Kyle Chandler in Friday Night Lights, and he met with him and he ended up uh, ended up liking. And there's a whole story that him and Connie Britton like drove down together and. Probably were in a relationship for a while, but like they, they, they like wherever they filmed in Texas, they drove from LA together so they could be like a bickering husband and wife couple by the time they got there, like 15 hours later. And that was sort of became like the, uh, you know, sort of the, the, basis of their relationship on and off the show anyway so uh, when you said early edition i thought you meant inside edition oh no that would be a weird thing to have there's very few shows on my list that aren't real shows there's only one or two well so like tv guide has like 60 minutes on my list which sort of is silly but let me ask you so what were the rules of your list did you have rules or yeah i had to determine a television show so again i would have put hard knocks on but i I didn't feel the need to i would have put the people i i think the the people versus oj simpson if they do a few more seasons of it i think it retroactively maybe becomes a television series but i for now i'm just going to view it as sort of a mini series band of brothers is straight up a mini series on hbo uh i will have shows that only last the one season on here a couple of them Okay, yeah. So, but you don't have the Jinx, John Adams, any kind of miniseries, right? Uh, I no, because the Jinx would be really high. I didn't watch John Adams, but yeah. the Jinx would be really high. But uh, no, John Adams was really good. Uh, sports, kids shows. Uh, Mangum Murr, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have on that. Would also be high. Like, I there's no way yeah. I could. It's, it's I ex- not. A, I excluded it's not a all those show. things. Also, documentaries, game shows. I mean, I have one or two game shows. N- what about like news programming? Like sixty minutes. You said you I didn't put. It, I didn't put any on it. It's absurd. Right. Okay. 
anyway, right, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, number 96, Growing Pains. I really have nothing to say about Growing Pains. 95 is Entourage. Oh. Uh, Bill Simmons always says, like, an amazing premise for a show. Incredibly cool in the first season. They should have cut out everyone except for Ari. Uh, and, and just gone with completely different entourages a couple times. And, and they could even do it now. You could totally reinvent the show. Have some young, aspiring rapper. Could be a really yeah, cool that's show. that's what Bill but, Simmons always advocates for. Um, but anyway, so 95. I know a lot of people uh, unironically like Entourage, but... I, uh, I at this point, I can't really uh, recommend it. Number 94, Third Rock from the Sun. I have less to say about the show than any show on there, but I feel like I watched it a lot. Number 93. Wait, Dex- hold on. Third, yeah. I love Third Rock from the Sun. Is that, where's that on your list? 36. Oh, my God. <laughs> Third Rock from the Sun, I would argue, it, of like 90s you know, sitcoms, obviously yeah. it's not Seinfeld, but in that, it's in that second category. It's equal to like Frasier and things okay. like that. I can, think- I, can I give you a homework assignment for next week? Yeah. Watch an episode or two and tell me if it holds up. First of all, you have to realize how many people emerged from that show, right? Or actually, I wouldn't say emerged because it had people at all different stages of their careers. You had Joseph Gordon-Levitt as a little kid. So it's like the first thing he did, right? Yeah. And then you have uh, Kirsten Johnson, who I think people only really knew from that show. French Stewart as well. Yeah. But then you had John Lithgow, who obviously was already well-established. You had Jane Curtin from SNL, of course, you know, the, you know, the original SNL cast. And then you have uh, Wayne Knight. And this was the same time as Seinfeld, I think, that he was on Third Hour from the Sun, wasn't it? Um, I don't remember Wayne Knight even being on the show. Yeah, he, he, he plays Kirsten Johnson's boyfriend, and because she's like an alien, she doesn't realize that she's hot and that he's like really fat and like unattractive. Mm-hmm. So that's like the joke there. Good show. I thought it was a good show. It was much better than Listen, it made my top Coneheads, which was a similar idea. Also sure. Yes. Yeah. Uh, 93 is Dexter, uh, a show that all similarly to Prison Break and Homeland started really good, but I was out for many seasons. So I feel like if I missed a bunch of seasons of the show, it really can't be anywhere near my top 75 or top 80. But probably a, a, be- a better show than a lot of the shows I'm going to mention soon. 91 to 92, I'll mention them together because they would be ex- you know much higher on a lot of people's lists. But they're shows that I never really loved and that I gave up on. Uh, 91, How I Met Your Mother, and 92, Modern Family. I, I, to me, Modern Family, I just I didn't care for any of the characters. I thought the jokes were a little bit too obvious sometimes. But I, I could under I, I respect if someone loves the show. Look, I watch the show every week. I still do. I have it seventy five on my list. It's it's so overrated. I don't understand why it wins awards every year. Like maybe the first season it, it was interesting in some kind of way, but now it's just like whatever. It's an okay sitcom, it's, but there's nothing special. I don't understand why it dominates these award shows. Yeah, it's it's insane. And then How I Met Your Mother, uh, it started off really good. The chemistry of the cast was really great, but but ultimately it was really hampered by the the How I Met Your Mother stuff. Uh, you know, the premise I of the show see, ended yeah. up ended up really ruining it. You know, my pet peeve with that show is what? There's the episode where they talk all about the Gary Anderson game. Okay, and because he, he's from Minnesota and he right. goes to like this Vikings bar in Manhattan. Yeah. So my pet peeve, the entire episode they refer to it as the 1999 NFC Championship game. Yeah, which nobody. Okay, but that's fine. That's that's really like if it's you the were the 19... VP of Common Sense on the set. Yeah, exactly. It's the it. 1998 NFC Championship game. But but if he's a diehard Vikings fan, he wouldn't say that. Is what I'm I saying. do think that show has had a tremendous afterlife. I think it's on Netflix. Like my sister, who's 14, just binge watched it in the last year, and she dressed up as Robin Sparkles for for uh, for Purim, which is the Jewish Halloween. If you don't know what it so is, so I, I know we're skipping ahead here, but you know we'll I, we'll discuss this more when we get to Friends. But is your, did your sister also power through Friends on Netflix? I, I think she either i think she may have i'm not i don't really ask a lot of questions she just tweets me the rat emoji 
a lot. I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure what she's up to in life. Oh but, yeah, because uh, you snitched on her to your parents. That's why. No, no, the rat. I don't even know why I got the rat emoji this time. Well, I think that. Oh, what is it? Are you, are you a scab? Is she on strike against somebody? I'm not sure, but I'm not. I'm not even supposed to talk about her anymore. We're. I'm in big trouble right now. Um, okay, number ninety is uh, is. I have a show that will probably be on nobody else's list. Broad Church. Hold on, I need. I need to chime in here. Uh, I agree with the guy who says that you're like a condescending guy who thinks nobody else knows about things. It's 47 on my list. Okay, but most people haven't seen it. It's a really not well-known show. Well, it's uh, a British show. And the reason – and yeah. did, I don't even know what happened to the American version because I didn't watch it. Is it. Did it make it? it, it it's, this year was year one. I'm not sure if it's a I remember or, reading about it. I don't know. I, I, the, the first season was going to be an exact remake, and so I thought it wasn't worth it because I had read Yeah, it. I agree. So anyway, the yeah. first season was great, but it didn't compel me to watch the second season. So that's why I have it at 90. But I could very realistically make a case it should be in my top 50 because the first did season you watch, was – Did you watch season two? No, I didn't or, even start it. I didn't start oh, it. I, I, I started season, episode one of season two. And then I sort of quit it. By the way, it's funny. So uh, we quit a lot of the same shows without without having discussed that. I didn't even know you. So watched the reason it. I'll tell you why I watched it because uh, around this time last year, I think it was last summer, I was looking for a new show, and I asked some people who I sort of you know respected their opinions. And Amir, who signed, Wait, you didn't ask me. Personal, yeah, I did. You, you're you're okay. always telling me shows to watch. Okay. And Amir Harley. So the, the show that everybody recommended, and I'll, you know, my list is actually only ninety nine. And the reason my list only is ninety nine is I'm saving spot one hundred for the Americans. I haven't seen the Americans. I have okay. 45 episodes of it clogging up my DVR. At some point, I'll watch it, and I know I'll love it. But there's so many episodes that it's sort of, it's sort of like an, an impediment to watch because I'm so far behind. And Broadchurch was easy because I could bang it out because it was one season. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and that's why I watched Broadchurch. And yeah, I would really recommend it to anybody. I have quite a few British shows on my list, actually, which makes me sound sort of like a... Like an obnoxious jackass. Rec- recommended to those uh, who are... Yeah, interested. season one. We can't recommend past season one. Uh, 89, Mad About You. Uh, okay. I like Man About You. I, I always felt like it was always the poor man something else. The poor man Seinfeld, the poor man's friends. Like it was on. Yeah. It was watchable. It was funny. Paul Reiser was probably it's eight, pretty it's, it's underrated. It's 85 on my list. Yeah. It was, so, it was sort of – it was like a very – nothing exciting. It was sort of a very – We're going to have like the exact same rankings for everything. That's crazy. <laughs> it was just – I think – well, uh, we've unfortunately had that for some of our sports predictions. Man About You, I always thought was sort of like a boring sitcom. Like nothing was ever really happening. But it was also funny. It was well done. Helen Hunt, like, you know, and Paul Reiser obviously got a good cast. But it was just like – it was very slow. It was very blah. It was a good thing to have on in the background. Yeah, okay. So number number 88. I have a lot of classic television. Not a ton, but there are definitely, there's definitely some room. And you could – if you really wanted to draw a through line, it would be the shows that were rerun on Nick at Night when I was in like 7th and 8th grade because um, I watched a lot of that. It was very popular. So uh, Happy Days I have is 88. Uh, it was a funny show. I, it's hard to understate how cool the Fonz was even in reruns. Uh, versus so one thing about one thing about Jim Crumley's list is I think Jim is a he's he's older than us I'll put it that way you know we're both you know in our younger 30s I think Jim is probably maybe I would guess from the shows in his 40s maybe his 50s so he has a lot of the classic shows that you and I might have missed and so for example you know you mentioned Mary Tyler Moore show Jim has that at number 26 Happy Days you just mentioned Jim has that at number 25 I don't know do you have shows do you have Mash on your list No I've never seen an episode of Mash so yeah so Mash Jim has it at number six. And he said, he actually says it holds up surprisingly well. He would recommend it. Okay, cool. And and obviously, Mash was considered like you know the biggest show of its time. Oh yeah, literally yeah. The, the the and main... it lasted. I think the funny thing is it's based on the Korean War, which was three. Yeah, years. it lasted longer. Yeah, that was yeah, that's la- one like, like fun fact years people know or something, about. It. Yeah. Yes. Uh, R.I.P. to the Korean War. Okay, number eighty-seven, Malcolm in the Middle. My only Malcolm in the Middle note is that do you know uh, Shui Jacoby? Is he mutual friend yeah. Shui Jacoby? So he sure. He is a huge Malcolm in the Middle fan, and I don't think he ever watched Breaking Bad. So in his mind, like Brian Cranston is still 
just like the dad from Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. That's funny. That's all I got. So that's also on Jim's list, actually. Uh, J- Jim says that his kids are binging it right now on Netflix, and it's a weird experience for him to see a show through their eyes. Because I think it was a show that was – was it made for kids or, or families or – I feel like it was one of those shows that tried to be like a smart show that like kids could watch. Remember, the the children were like were like angsty teenagers. They weren't yeah. like eight year olds. So it was yeah. it was meant for teenagers and above, I think, not for yeah. little kids. But I could be wrong. I haven't seen it in a long time. By the way, do you have home improvement on your list? Do you have shows, uh, family shows? Well, I don't want to ruin anything on my list. Uh, oh, am I, am, I spo- am I spoiling your list? You mean? Yeah, yeah. Number oh, eight, sorry. number eighty six, hanging with Mr. Cooper, a show I really <laughs> loved. I really I loved Mr. Cooper. And uh, okay. I, lo- I love the episodes where he gets a 10 day contract with the Golden State Warriors. And they really have like Don Nelson and TMC, like Hardaway, Richmond, Mullen. And those scenes are amazing. I, I, yeah. I love that. Like he wasn't even in like the, the I guess there was no D League, but he wasn't in the ABA or anything. They just like call him up and go offer him a 10 day contract. And they had a lot of like fun guest stars. So I liked hanging with Mr. Cooper, a, a rightful uh, number 86. Number 85 on my list is probably the most controversial on the whole list. And ultimately, it's just not a show I watched a ton of, and it's not a show I love, but I understand it would be in the top five or ten on a lot of people's lists, and that's Friends. Oh, hating on Friends. I don't hate it. Friends is totally fine. didn't even make your list, so... Yeah, and listen, you, you, you've already carved out a, a spot. I just can't. You, if I didn't watch the whole series, it can't be in my top fifty. I don't think. And all right, I, I like Friends. I'm, I'm not hating on Friends, but it's it can't be in, it can't be much higher. Uh, I, I shouldn't have even put it on the list. Is really what I should have done. Instead. All right, so we got we got to talk about Friends here for a minute, though. Right? Okay, yeah, sure. Okay, so you know, Friends is. I think you actually mentioned it as another example that there was a um, on the Reddit for your podcast with Rob about Seinfeld. The question was asked, "What show should we do next?" And Friends overwhelmingly won that vote, right? <laughs> people, two people wrote. I think they tried to write "Hi, honey, I'm home," but they wrote "H E I L, honey, I'm home," which is a very different thing and probably yeah. an amazing <laughs> show. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there was an article. So the Hollywood Reporter, when they came out with their list a couple of months ago, and this was a list. This was compiled by Hollywood insiders. This was polling people who work in the industry, and this is all-time shows. You know, they had in the top 10, they had all the shows you'd expect, Sopranos and Seinfeld and The Simpsons and Breaking Bad and, and Mad Men and Game of Thrones and I Love Lucy and The X-Files. The number one show of all time, according to Hollywood Insiders, Friends. Okay. And I think, and that really blew a lot of people's minds. It's and my wife's favorite an, show. And then there was an article, well, I, well, I'll get to my comment in a second, and I hope I'm not insulting your wife when I get to it. But And then there was an article in New York Magazine just a couple of weeks ago also discussing how Friends is like the dominant show on everything, like Netflix makes more money from Friends apparently than anything else. It, um, you know, Netflix doesn't release Seinfeld. Seinfeld should have paid to be uh, to to be on Netflix instead of selling out to Hulu for more money, right? Well, but but, but Seinfeld it's just would have had such an first of all it would be so good for the podcast. Like Seinfeld sh- would have had such an incredible run on on Netflix, and it's floundering on Hulu. I feel like. so. Here's here's one of my issue. So part of what they were talking about in Friends is how people in their teens and twenties, and that's why I asked about your sister before. People who didn't see it at the time are very much into it. I do and think I un- that they watch it. They, they, it's funny, like, the shows that they watch. I think, like, they binge, like, the OC and... Well, that's I what I was going to say. Like, I understand why girl. a 16-year-old girl in, like, Topeka, Kansas would like Friends more than Seinfeld. I understand the appeal. But I don't understand how The Hollywood Reporter can have it number one. Like, how can you... How can anybody with sort of artistic taste claim that Friends is better than Seinfeld in any respect? It was, like, a poor copycat... You know, like there's two sort of credits that I give to Seinfeld when you compare it to Friends or any other sitcom, which show its excellence. Number one is the fact that on Friends and on most shows on TV, everybody was really attractive. And part of the reason is because to get people to watch a show, you have to have attractive faces. But Seinfeld was so good that nobody really had to be attractive. 
you know, none of the main sure. three guys are particularly attractive. Sure. You know, Elaine was the best looking of the four of them, but mm-hmm. she was not attractive by television standards necessarily. Now she is, oddly. Yeah, Julia Louis <laughs> Dreyfus is better looking now. Part of the thing is, I think they sort of made her look terrible. It might yeah. have been the 90s. And but, the clothes. Um, yeah. But, um, and then the other thing is the fact that Friends, like all shows, in order to maintain attention and viewers, had to sort of engage with the soap opera stuff where this character sleeps with this character sleeps. So this character, like every character on that show of the main six, other than Phoebe, they all had a, 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 you know, a fling with each other at some point, pretty much. Phoebe never has a thing with any of the three guys? No. Okay. Her and Joey have like a, a comical thing, but they never do. Mm-hmm. But on Seinfeld, they never had to do that. They never had, you know, like there was no such thing. Elaine and George or Elaine and Kramer. No, there was no such thing as a cliffhanger in Seinfeld. You know, a couple of times they did, but it was sort of tongue in cheek. Like, in other words, every episode of Seinfeld you could watch in and of itself. You didn't have to get sucked in with sort of anything other than the funny. All Seinfeld had was the funny. And the funny was better. I just, it really annoys me when anybody can say the friend. Like, if you if you say you like friends more than Seinfeld, I have no respect for you. And so for the Hollywood Reporter to do that, like, blows my mind. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Where's friends on your list? Um, oh, so the cumulative list, by the way, friends is number four, just so you know. And that's absurd. Yeah, well, but a lot, of, but again, that's because these lists, the Hollywood Reporter has it number one, for example. Yeah. On my list, I have friends at 14. Okay. So look, I still have it a Hall of Fame show. Yeah. I, I have to be honest. I watched every single episode probably more than once. And, but, and when I watch it, it's funny and I laugh. I'm not, I don't yeah. hate it. Oh, for sure. For sure. But it just, but to compare it to a show like Seinfeld drives me nuts. Yes. Okay. Uh, number 84 is Carnival, an HBO show that ended too soon. Very dark. Uh, hard to love, but a really well-made, good show. Did, did you watch Carnival? No. Okay. I'll get around to it at some point. 83, Home Improvement. By the Eight. way, Michael Clark had friends at six. Okay. But that's fine. You know, but he had it that's below reasonable. Seinfeld. That's reasonable. It can't be a one. He had it below one. Seinfeld. Yeah. Can't be he had it, and Jim had it at 20. Okay. Uh, Again, eight, fine. Uh, 83, Home Improvement, 82, Full House. The t- two nostalgia shows. Are they the 83rd and 82nd best shows of all time? No. I you know, but Home Improvement would have some good episodes. Remember when Randy had cancer? It's hard to explain. Also, oh, Randy, Randy the kid had cancer on that show. Wait, he had was a Randy cancer JTT? scare. Was yeah, Randy JTT. JTT had, had a cancer. cancer. He had his cancer scare. It was like a very special episode. I don't. You know what's? Had... You know what's crazy? How JTT was like the it boy yeah. among girls in like 1994 our age, yeah. mm-hmm. and completely fell off the platform. Yeah, I think he directs. You know, Tim Allen has a show now, so he's been on it, and I think yeah. he's even directed a few episodes. I think he's getting into it. But he directing. was like like what Rob Lowe was maybe in the 80s, is which, I mean, everybody loved JTT. I remember Crazy. Camp, yeah. And he just, I think he was like a really smart guy. I think he went to Harvard or something like yeah, that. Yeah, girls our age or a year too younger. Hold on, hold on, hold on. My wife is walking, and she overheard our conversation. What, Jen? JTT was the ultimate. Did but she you have all... a JTT poster on her wall? Did you have a JTT poster? We have a, we had a giant one in our bunk. Oh, she had a giant one in her bunk at camp. Yeah, I think that's yeah. perfect. But mm-hmm. also, but also, you have to remember, my wife is from Detroit, and the show was set in Detroit, so the, they have even extra incentives. Sure, but but uh, he was wild. I you know I've I, yeah. Oh, but he yeah, he was loved Long nationwide. Island, he played. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and Full House. Okay, not a now good my show. wife my... is talking about how attractive he is. That's fine. Speaking yeah. speaking of uh, shows where that are sort of picking up a following much later in life, my kids love Full House. It is their favorite show. They love they they just watched an episode tonight. They want to watch Fuller House, but I feel like they should watch Full House first. And it, I don't know how like it's not as kid friendly as uh, as as Full House for the seven year old. I don't think. But Full House, the kids absolutely love it. They love the, the you know, the you got it, dude, and all the catchphrases. They could not love it anymore. It's by far their favorite show on television. It's crazy that Bob Saget was known to like millions of Americans through Full House and America's Funniest Home Videos 
when he was probably the dirtiest comic other than I also know, think Lenny Bruce. it's funny because it's he is dirty, but I also think like he started that rumor a little bit. Like I don't think he did a ton of stand up in like the interim twenty years. He was just making so much money between Full House and America's Funniest Home Videos. That's so almost an urban legend. I think. Sort of oh yeah, be... yeah, yeah. Because everyone says that, and it's I'm pretty sure it's an urban legend. I well, don't even so know I, how much stand up comedy seen, he did. I haven't seen his stand up from the seventies, for example. But I've Sackets? like you've seen like the. But you've seen like the aristocrats, for example, right? Sure. Yeah. You no, know, he definitely has a dirty mentality. But I also, yeah. I don't know if he's like the dirtiest comic ever in but the it's, sense. But it's that... just creepy because he was on a show with all these like teenage girls, and he yeah. has. Like, I feel like, like we're not treading any new ground here. Yeah, for sure not. Number eighty-one, the Odd Couple. I really identified with uh, with Oscar Madison. You know, like this, you know, slobby sports writer and Felix. I don't know who I ident- who Felix was. I guess like your mom or something. But um. Uh, uh, I, I don't know anything about this show. So you never watched The Odd Couple? You don't? No. Do you even, you've never heard of The Odd Couple? No, I've heard of it, but okay. I don't know anything about it. All right. I, well, again, I bet Jim has it on his list. Sure. I bet he does. Oh, he does not. Okay. And by maybe, the way, Jim's maybe it's an goes, oversight. Jim's, Jim's list goes like 106 deep, and then he has, and then he has like also sure. like in the Sure. That's run. what you so should do. You, you shouldn't have just watched 100 shows. He should have watched 200 shows. Yeah, but he uh, doesn't have The Odd Couple on his, on his list anyway. And by the way, when, when you ask me about my shows, oh, wait, I do. Oh, wait. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Michael Clark has it on his list at number 70. Good job. And he says... He says, clearly, I'm not referring to the Perry Lennon version. I don't know what that means. Do you know what that means? I thought, did they make like a Tyler Perry odd couple or or I don't know. I, I, I don't they know. They made like, another odd couple. Tyler Perry, John Lennon? Not, they... no, not, not Tyler Perry. <laughs> but they made, I think they made another CBS one. I'm just that, trying to that... think, what would be the most ridiculous Perry Lennon combination? I think right. Tyler Perry, John Lennon would be a good one. Well, actually, John, I'd say Tyler Perry and, and V.I. Lennon would be a better combination. I don't know who V.I. Lennon is. Vladimir. Oh, okay, fine. Yeah, yeah. Got <laughs> Have it. You... Got it. All right. I never, who calls him V.I. <laughs> Lennon? Vladimir Ilyevich, like you know. Okay, fine. Uh, number eighty, Road Rules. But I do have no, reality. You know, Big Lebowski. You know, when, when yes, Steve, I do remember time. from oh, the Big okay, Lebowski. Okay, good. Uh, so I do have reality shows. I don't know if you really covered that because I know you probably wouldn't have any reality shows, but I definitely have four or five reality shows on my list. Road Rules. Oh, that's like the MTV Challenge thing. It was before. It was it had emerged oh. with the you know the Real World and the Road Rules became yeah. the challenge. Uh, all I very know about this is through Bill Simmons. Stuff. Sure, Road Rules was great in its time. R.I.P. Road Rules. Number seventy nine, Boston Public. Oh, I like that show. Not on my list, but I did like that show. Yeah, very good show. Uh, the the characters were likable. There should Wait, was be this, more. This was the one with the school, uh, the teachers yeah. at the teachers school. Teachers, and there was yeah, yeah. it was teachers, and you were within with them in the school the whole yeah the whole good show. show. I like that show. Yeah, good show. Forgotten, but uh, very likable. Uh, it, it show you know it 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 maybe could have like done half teachers, half students, or something like. I, I understand why it wasn't that popular, but. It was a good show. Number 78, that 70s show could be lower. I, I, you know, it was the type of show when it was on, I liked it and it was funny. Obviously, it died out for me towards the end. But I'm I, actually w- pretty surprised. I have it 37 on my list. I would have been embarrassed to have it that high, but I did like it. I, I have no qualms with, with, with some of the, you know, there are some really funny characters. I imagine that show for like a 16 year old would actually have real, because it wasn't meant to be modern at the time, would be really rewatchable if it's on Netflix or something. Yeah. I think part of the reason I had it that list is because at the time that I watched it, so, and, you know, it was right up our, I was like the perfect age to start watching it. But then also, and I don't know if this is because I sort of grew up maybe a little bit more naively, or maybe I was just a little bit too young. But, you know, like part of the fame, like one of the famous shticks of the show is how they'd have the scenes where they'd all get high together and the camera would be in the middle of them and like pan around the circle, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it obviously wouldn't show them actually smoking, right. but it just shows tons of smoke in the background. It is impossible to not realize what they're doing. And I say this because 
I must have watched a show for years before I realized what they were doing. Oh, yeah, so did I. I had no because, idea. Because, yeah, because marijuana was so far from my world sure. when I was, like, 12 years old. Yeah, when, I, yeah, so, when, you, when it started, yeah, I, yeah. I wouldn't have and even so had I, a guess. I, I didn't even yeah, – now if I'm, like, flipping the channels and I see it now, I'm like, oh, like, they're stoned all the time. How did I right. not realize that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, number 77, uh, similar to some of the very early shows like Dexter and – Homeland a show that started out really good and I didn't even come close to ending with it. But I really like some of the early episodes and that's Big Love. Any opinions yep, on Big it. Love? I, I mean, I, I heard good things mostly, but I didn't see it. So I don't yeah, know. it could be lower. Um, it's it's not any higher in quality than the Dexters and the Homelands, but I, maybe I stuck with it a little longer. There were some really good actors. The premise is really good. But, um, you know, ultimately, you got I got bored of it. Uh, number 76. This is maybe my guilty pleasure on the list. But my wife. I uh, really like the show, so I saw a lot of it, although not every episode. And it is a really good show, and that's Gilmore Girls. Yeah, that's a show that a lot of people love binging on Netflix now as well. Yeah, there's a the sh- the podcast Gilmore Guys is uh, like the most popular like rewatch a, an yeah. old television show podcast. It's yeah, Clark they do live shows, list. and it's insanely popular. It's also it's number seventy eight on my combined media list because both the Hollywood Reporter and Entertainment Weekly both have it uh, around fifty. So yeah, good show. Good show. Uh, yeah. I'm not going to watch the reboot, but uh, I'm curious if my wife will. She was a huge Gilmore Girls fan. I, um, I, uh, I dated a girl who looked very similar to Alexis Bledel, or at least I thought so. Humble brag. Yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, mean, hope Jen, I hope Jen is still in the room. Yeah, no, Jen has left the room. I, I, I always thought that was a good call. I mean, I actually asked the girl, I'm like, do people say that you look like her? And she said no. So That's a nice compliment. You should always go like way higher the it's, in it's general when you tell a woman women hate to be told no, they look like you could say woman. like uh, hey you look like kate upton and, the, yeah, and it could be like a exactly. 400 pound you know yeah and she'll be year old lady and yeah. uh <laughs> yeah and they'll be insulted no i agree yeah oh yeah, yeah it's yeah. always a risk yes yeah. um okay number 75 inside amy, amy schumer i feel like the best sketches of the show are really funny it's not a show where i mind missing an episode i feel like if there's a transcendent sketch people will be talking about it but it is a really good show. Now that I say this, I do realize that you could, I could have made a case, and I bet you put uh, late night shows on because I didn't put the Daily Show on. Even I stayed away from all late night shows. But I, you know, I could have made a case for Letterman, The Daily Show, even I like Kimmel. The the early Conan shows were some of my most formative sort of comedy years. Like how great were the twelve thirty five Conan shows until like. You know, right yeah. until the end. You when know, I was a kid, like in junior high, I didn't watch like Letterman. Like Letterman was just you know before my time. Obviously, his peak was in the eighties. But I loved Conan in the nineties. I also love how you always call Conan Conan. Yeah, like Conan was. You know, they did like uh, you know Conan O'Brien hates your homeland or or you know the in the year three thousand in the year two thousand two thousand. That's right. Uh, yeah, those sketches were amazing. 2000. Like the bit they do after the monologue before the guest was gold almost every night yeah agreed um so if i was putting those shows on the list that show would be pretty high but i don't have any of those shows so I'm i sure have you do i have a bunch of sketch shows on my list i'm looking the highest sketch show i have is no i have tele- snl on my list but yeah, because well, that's, i'm not even that, counting to me, that's a television yeah. show not a nightly show yeah so i have Chappelle. well i'm not talking about i'm not talking about daily show i'm talking about like sketch shows once a week sketch shows no but i, I sh- know it just made yeah. well, let's talk about sketch shows when we yeah well you could talk about well it but next. you mentioned inside amy schumer, amy schumer so, yeah. but so i have Chappelle at 32 i have schumer at 38 and then, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, those are both pretty high. And then you got to scroll down. I have a uh, Kroll show uh, at forty nine. Yeah, Kroll show did not make my list actually. Yeah, what else? I'm, I'm, I'm kind of surprised. Where's Key and Peel? I would expect them to be a little bit higher on this list. Key and Peel, I have down at seventy eight. Didn't make my list because I never watched a show. I just watched like clips online. I really never like yeah. sat down once and watched. Tosh, like, the I have at seventy six. Yeah, I didn't put Tosh on. Tosh is less necessary. 
now than he might have been four years ago because sort of the like you know there's enough blogs that'll that'll cover all the things that he shows sure. you. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Number seventy four. Sta- freaks and what about geeks. The state. The state is ninety nine on my list. Okay. Mostly like for the Michael sort of historical life. importance of it. Sure. I actually sure. did, but I did buy the DVD a couple of years, or I rented the DVD a couple of years ago, or probably many years ago, because when Netflix still had DVDs. <laughs> Who you rent a DVD? Yeah, yeah. To, to sort of to, to sort of watch. So I watched. So I've actually like completed all of the state, like okay, in cool. its original run, and it's really not that good. But like all the characters, obviously, all all the actors and the writers moved on to better things. So. All right, number seventy four, Freaks and Geeks. Uh, great show, lasted one season. Many much ink has been spilled about the show. Don't really need to say anything else. Have you ever seen it? Yeah, of course. You're, you're way too low. Seventy four. It, it's a how listen it's like uh, my friend used to say like when someone died episodes. like if they were 18 it, episodes yeah yeah it's 18 episodes like how you know how how if they was so great they would have continued they would have found i have it continue. i have it at 26 uh okay, the wow. uh the media ha- overall has it at 47 but that's only because it's not on a couple lists the other lists really love it uh michael clark has it at 53 okay i got a couple classic shows coming up next uh 73 uh dick van dyke show 72 uh, Bob Newhart show. Actually, that should be switched. Let's switch that. 73 Bob Newhart, 72 Dick Van Dyke. And Dick Van Dyke should still be way higher than that, but uh, I haven't seen every single episode and I haven't seen it in years. Um, Bob Newhart show is, what's it famous for? Do you know? No. It's famous I mean, for having the uh, the ending of, uh, I guess it's not the ending of the new, because the Bob Newhart show, let's say it lasted like eight, ten years, and then they had like sort of a pretty close spinoff just with a different wife in a different setting for another like eight years and then the end of the second episode like sort of flashes back to the first and it's you know it's always like number one or number two all time on series finale lists um but bob newish was actually a very funny show he was a really funny guy I mean, he probably still is he's still alive and the dick van dyke show like a lot of legendary people people forget like mary tyler moore just was like randomly i think his wife on the show it, it's in black and white so it's maybe a harder rewatch for a lot of people but really a f- very funny classic show so that's at 72 the media combined list has Newhart at 53 and Dick Van Dyke at 31. I'll mention, I'll note that two of my lists have Dick Van Dyke at 13 all time. Yeah, Dick Van Dyke was definitely like you could pretty reasonably, you know, it was considered back in the day like one of the top two, three, four comedies of all time. Yeah, can I just make this is my comment about, about Dick Van Dyke? It's from Mary Poppins when she sings It's a Jolly Holiday with You, Bert, right? Mm-hmm. You're familiar with the song, right? Uh, I don't know what you're talking about right now. It's a jolly holiday with you, Bert. Okay, fine. Gentlemen like you are few. Yeah, anyway. Uh, You've seen Mary Poppins, right? Yeah, I've seen Mary Poppins for sure. Bunch of times. All right. So the crazy part about that song is it's Mary Poppins. They're both singing about how the other one's like like a great catch, right? Yeah. And can I just read you part of the lyrics? This is what Mary Poppins says about Bert, which is Dick Van Dyke, why he's he's a good guy, okay? Okay. You never think of pressing your advantage... Forbearance is the hallmark of your creed. A lady needn't fear when you are near. Basically, what she's saying is you're not a rapist. Mm-hmm. And like that's this is a love song. And the best thing that she can say about Dick Van Dyke is you're not a rapist. Is, is, is that like, <laughs> well, like not a rapist? Like you're not abusive, basically, is what she's yeah, saying, right? You, like you could, you, you have the ability to to take to abuse me if you want, but you wouldn't, you wouldn't do it. You wouldn't press your advantage. Ladies needn't fear when you're near. All right, this is a family show here. We're talking about full. But house. that's what's great. But this was a family movie. This is a movie for children. Yeah, that is kind of crazy. And it's insane that like the, like the best thing you can say about this guy is he will not abuse a woman. Like, anyways, so that's all I have to say about Dick Van Dyke. Mm. Yeah, moving on. Uh, number seventy one. I don't, I don't. I don't know anything about any of these shows. I, I never saw it. I never saw Nick at night. All right, Skype. We're done with you. You suck. Go to hell, Skype. It's a jolly holiday with you, Bert. 
gentlemen like you are few. All right, so if you're listening to the if you're listening to the podcast, we have switched from from Skype to Google Hangout. Hopefully, our audio quality will improve for the second half of uh, yeah. We, we one thing we say about this podcast: the only nice thing is that we really generally have the audio quality has been pretty good. All right, number seventy one, very similar to the Dexter's and the Big Loves, a, a show that uh, was great in season one, and I, I ditched basically immediately in season two. Do you want to guess what it is? Actually, it's a mo- it's a pretty recent show. Uh, I don't know. Go uh, True shows. Detective. True, true Detective. I never watched uh, great season, season one. one. Season two, yeah. totally irrelevant, useless. Yeah. Um, but uh, but it the season one was good enough to bump it all the way up to seventy one. Yeah, n- nobody else has that on their list. Michael, me, Jim. Uh, really? You D- know, didn't you like True Detective season one? I didn't watch it. Oh wow! I should have, but I just didn't. Yeah. And, and now whatever. you're not going to go back and watch it. Yeah. Okay. I, I uh, mean, I like Woody Harrelson and Matthew McConaughey, but I feel like I have enough of both of them in my life. Sure. Uh, how much do you have of them in your life? Anyway, number seventy, bored to death. It's not a show I think about really. I don't remember like any funny lines or story from it, but I do know when it was on, uh, I did like it. Did you watch Bored to Death? Not only did I watch Bored to Death, Bored to Death is in my Hall of Fame. Bored to Death is in your Hall of Fame, and I think you actually you, it was it's one of two or three shows in the list that you encouraged me to watch. Oh, I was one to talk. Yeah, it's number seventeen on my list. I've well, not tell me what you love like, about it because I, I just for whatever reason of every single show of all hundred on my list, I just have the fewest memories of it. Even though it's a show I only watched a few years ago. Yeah, you should watch it again because, like, when I'm scrolling through HBO Go looking for something to watch, I can watch any Curb episode and any Bored to Death episode over and over and over. I love every single thing about it. It's amazing. First of all, it's the best thing Jason Schwartzman was ever in. It's the best thing Zach Galifianakis was ever in. It, along with Curb, is the best thing Ted Danson's ever. And Ted Danson is just playing like the Ted Danson-iest character. He's yep. basically playing it, it, the, the fictionalized version of himself that he plays on Curb. He's playing sort of a similar version of himself here. It's 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 got sort of this sort it's of a little. Community. Is it a little bit guys' broad city? Is that a fair like way to describe it? I don't know if you watch Broad City. No, because it's got this sort of noirish feel. And Broad City, by the way, also very high on my list. Not in mm-hmm. the Hall of Fame though. It's got this noirish feel. It's John. It's you know Jonathan Ames wrote it. And he's trying to make it's sort of a detective show, and so it sort of has, it, it sort of has a higher production value in that sense than Broad City does. You're not going to have a fart joke, you know, in Bored to Death, for example. There's a lot of pot smoking in both of them. That's a similarity. Also, I love the the like the casting is really really funny. So, for example, um, Brother Mazzone from The Wire, who is obviously a uh, a very very fearsome character in The Wire. Is that fair to say, right? Yeah, the great Brother Mazzone. Yeah, Brother Mazzone in this show plays a guy who does oh shit what's it called what's the thing that people get like to their buttholes where they get like their butt cleaned out a colonic yeah sorry uh, the brother Mazzone actor plays a guy who gives colonics in bored to death and he's this very sort of new age hippie possibly homosexual african immigrant guy and he's just very very funny and he says with sort of a, a, a wry smile on his face i'm going to go very deep inside you and i'm going to know all your secrets <laughs> he says oh, the Galifianakis and Schwartzman sort of gulps. It's, oh, boy. I, I love Bored to Death. It, it, look, it's such an easy show to bang through if you have HBO Go because there's only three seasons. There are only eight episodes a season. That's 24 episodes. They're half an hour each, right? So that's 12 hours of TV. You can bang it out in one day if you want. I, I love Bored to Death. I, I, can't, I cannot endorse it high enough. Number 17 on my list, a Hall of Fame show. Okay, great. Number 69, I have The Practice. Uh, I, similar to Boston uh, Public in a show I re- haven't yeah. really thought of since yeah. it was on, but it was a good show. Yeah. It was like, I watched it. I liked it. Number 68, The Bridge, a show I really loved. I thought that 
Um, Diane Kruger, the main character, playing uh, like a detective with Asperger's, was incredible. I love that. And they that's like, the show. Andy Greenwald loves that show, right? Yeah, he loved The Bridge. Yeah. Uh, it, the second season went in a different direction, and then it was canceled. People, not not enough people watched it, but certainly the quality. It's the best show to sort of be canceled after two seasons that I could think of in the golden TV era. Um, so it should be much higher, but it's just you know season two wasn't as good. But I do think there's just like bad feelings on my part from the fact that it got canceled. Okay, sixty seven ER. Listen, a similar to Friends, like a show that was really good in its heyday. Uh, ER, of course, got bad probably a bunch of times. Also, I definitely didn't see every episode, but just by accident, I probably saw. By the way, do people say it's it it's incorrect to say on accident, right? I mean, it sounds weird, but you also say Conan say instead of Conan. So. Yeah, but that's just a, that's no, but that's a different word versus just like uh, an inflection. Of a, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm sure there are people who say it, but I, oh, I there definitely are. That's why I'm discussing yeah. this. I've heard it a lot recently. But here's um, my issue with a show like ER, for example, a, a half hour sitcom that was on in the '90s, Friends, for example, right? A very highly rated show, just like ER. You can certainly even forgetting the fact that everybody's actually doing it as we discussed earlier you can watch friends now and gain an appreciation for it for example it's on syndication people will watch friends all the time nobody's gonna go back and watch er right no i think that would be a bananas thing to do yeah and by the way it might not be a terrible show like if you love medical shows and you watch like chicago md or whatever is the medical show now like but i'm sure you're watching better. a medical show i'd rather go back and watch scrubs Okay, fair. But if what if you wanted to watch a drama and not a comedy? Yeah. Um, but I do th- – yeah, like if – what about you love George Clooney. Anthony Edwards is so great. Noah Wiley's likable. Like uh, Juliana Margulies is detestable. I think that, uh, you know, there is plenty of there. It would be interesting. Tell me, you know, if it's you funny. have like, gone there's back. That episode, there's that episode of Friends, which I actually saw not too long ago, where they did sort of the uh, the cross – because obviously Seinfeld Friends ER was on Thursday Night Must See TV every Thursday for NBC – so they would sort of mix the characters. Seinfeld was above all this, but but Friends in ER did this thing where Monica and, and Rachel friends go to in the ER, hospital. Whatever, you know, the suddenly Susans yeah. and the single yeah. guys or whatever. Monica and Rachel, Monica and Rachel go to the hospital, and who are their doctors? None other than George Clooney and Noah Wiley. And of course, oh all God. these shows are taking place in New York City at the same time, so it makes sense. So those are their doctors. And like when I saw that episode a little while ago, the crowd just explodes insanely. When you see those two characters on, yeah. And when was the last time you got George Clooney just on a sitcom? I don't think that. Well, no, but it wasn't. Yeah, but George Clooney wasn't George Clooney. They did it because oh, here's the two stars of that other show, and they're on. I people even before he became a huge star, it was and at that point he was probably already filming some like the Peacemaker or something, you know, Batman. Yeah, but but what what, what I'm saying is, but this is what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, when you watch it now, you're like, what the hell? Oh yeah, George Clooney and and Noah were also doctors on ER, weren't they? Like sort of that's your attitude. As opposed at the time, you would have been like, oh. Whoa, you know that's that's the point I'm making. Very poorly, apparently. Okay, uh, yeah, sixty-seven ER. Uh, there's we, my friend Andrew, who's a childhood correspondent. Andrew on the Seinfeld podcast, and I, we did a video. I think it was like uh, for history class. I think it was like Rosa Parks, and it was basically you have to do. An, we did a newscast, so we're doing a newscast, and I, I just, I think our our like theme music was the ER. We loved the ER theme. That was like a great song for us. So we uh, we that was our theme music, and I just remember. We were doing the show and then like Andrew was like very competent even when he was like 11. So we had like a lot of props and things overhead and and this like giant prop fell on my head in the middle of the newscast. I wonder if Andrew still has that video. Anyway, uh, that's my ER story. Number 66. Here's a second show that you convinced me to watch that I liked but also gave up relatively quickly. And I, I'm actually going to argue about the show because it's not as good as you're going to say it is. And that's episodes. OK. Where do you have episodes? I have episodes 31 on my list. It's not it's not as good as Bored to Death. It was it was a good show. It it's sort of similar to Curb in that it takes place in LA in the 
entertainment industry. No, it's not similar character. to Curb. That's absurd. Well, no, I'm, I'm not saying with the main I'm, character playing itself. Yeah, exactly. And Matt LeBlanc. It is, is a homeless, himself. homeless, homeless man's Curb, if anything. Well, so it was also it's also it's it's a half British show, and I think it was more popular. I mean, I know it was more popular. Like, yeah, literally, even though even though like England's TV ratings in general are much lower than America's because it's a much smaller country. It was much more the, popular in England. Oh yeah, than it like was ten here. times more people yeah. watch it there than than in America. Yeah. Um, my problem with the show is that it's a little cartoony in how relentlessly negative it is. Like in, even in Curb, sometimes Larry wins. Usually he doesn't. But like and I like shows where the good guys lose a lot. Some people don't. But in episodes, the good guys always lose. Like there's never a positive resolution. I don't know. It's very funny. Like like the the asshole TV exec who's married to the blind woman. Like, you know, it's a very funny show. It's it is a gay. funny show, but but also, yeah. it's hard to love. It's hard to love. Oh, yeah, and I don't love it. And to be honest, I don't even know if it's still on. If it is, I sort of gave up on it. But Oh, really? Oh, because you were like, oh, you have to watch this. It's on my top 20 this year and nobody else. There was one year that was fantastic. Also, it has no momentum because it takes like first they have to do it in England and they're not on the same cycle where it's like every 12 months. Yeah. So every it's at least 18 months between every season. I do think they're doing a few more episodes. Yeah. All right. So I thought we'd have a, a, a bigger argument there. Uh, 65 is Veep. Another HBO show. I like it, but similarly, for whatever reason, I find it hard to love. I did stop watching it last season. I love Julia Louis-Dreyfus. I do like individually. Like, I think all these side characters are really good actors. But I, I just, I also think it's like there's, I don't know where the heart of the show is outside of Julia uh, and, uh, or Selena as her characters. I do like the relationship with the daughter. I actually think that's like something they mine really well. Yeah. And maybe I'm being too hard on it. it is, if you ask me if it's a good show, I'd say, yeah, it's a very good show. But for whatever reason, it's always last on like if, you know, Sunday night, a lot of times there'll be like eight shows, right? Yeah. That you're like, oh, my gosh. And like it will. Oh, it will. Oh. And I mean, to the point where I stopped watching it this year, but like it would always be the last show I'd watch. Always, always, always. I've always thought it was a little overrated. The media loves it. Uh, Michael Clark has it at 60. I have it at 44, which is actually I jumped at about 20 spots where I had it last year because some of a bunch of other shows sort of fell off. I just think the media overrates it. And the part that annoys me is obviously, look, they're extremely, extremely cynical obviously, about sort of the political system about Washington, D.C. So Veep was created by this Scottish guy named Armando Iannucci. Yes. And yeah. it was based on, you know, he first made a similar show. He made a show in England called The Thick of It, and then he came to America, and he made a movie called In the Loop. Did you see either The Thick of It or In the Loop? No. All right. So are you familiar with them at all? I've heard of In the Loop, but I've never seen it. Okay, so In the Loop is a movie. I would watch it. It's really good. It's James Gandolfini's in it. Uh, so the thick of it was a show he made about British politics, which was really, really well There's regarded. a lot of the same actors. I see Zach Woods and Chlumsky. It's a yeah. lot of the same. Yeah, so he made the show in the thick of it. Then he sort of made a show which is crossed between the U.S. and England, both governments sort of coordinating vis-a-vis -vis the Iraq war, and that's In the Loop. And then so it's sort of connected from In the, the Thick of It to In the Loop to Veep. So I thought Veep was a little overrated. And the thing that annoys me is they're so overtly cynical. And also, nobody is stupid. And I, and I say this realizing that Donald Trump is currently the leading candidate for president in the Republican Party. But nobody as stupid as her could ever really become president. You know, the character. Well, she, she made a joke like that on Saturday Night Live this week. Yeah, she did. She made that she made that exact joke. Like, oh, we were joking around about somebody who curses and is really dumb being president. You know, we didn't realize. But that's the problem to me, that it's just uh, I think that. Well, she didn't become president. She became vice president. That's possible. I mean, you stopped watching the show, so spoiler alert. She no, is, I know she became president, yeah. but I'm saying like it, it's easy to become president once you're vice president. Well, and I think, to be frank, the show was created in 2010, which is shortly after Sarah Palin had been the vice presidential candidate. And so the thinking was that somebody like her, you know, could have, sure. yeah, could have possibly okay. become president. That's a lot on Veep. 
Yeah. Well, but anyway, so I just I think I think the problem with whether it's Veep or whether it or whether it's House of Cards, the Washington media, you know, obviously the Washington media establishment is very very influential in pop culture as well, and they get so excited, sort of the political pundits, when a show talks about them that they really overhype the show. Sure. And listen, we're two people who our sort of, you know, sort of specific demographic has really never been, uh, you know, displayed on a show. So I feel like we would love it, too. If there was a show about like modern Orthodox Jews, we would eat it up. Uh, well, there is. And that show is Srugim. And that that show is. actually. Oh, yeah, but list. it's not in English. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, it's, but, it's not in English. Yeah, but you can see it online with uh, with subtitles. Sure. That's number 61 on my list, by the way. Sure. But we have more in common in a lot of ways with like a random guy in the street on the Upper West Side than we do with with some of those people. Anyway. Yeah. I think if you combine Sorghum and Seinfeld, you basically have my life. So. Okay. Oh, no. Number 64, Top Chef. Don't have a lot to say about it. I would edit it totally differently if I was in jail. Like, I, I feel like they they do a very poor job of explaining why, though, like the winner wins and, and stuff like that. Um, but it is like if you love food and I love eating, it's just like a fun show to watch. Michael Clark has it at 50, by the way. Wow. I don't have Top Chef, but I have Chopped at 66, almost the exact same. Yeah, people love Chopped. Okay. Yeah. Same idea, I'm sure. Number 63 is uh, is 30 Rock. My, I'm going to tell you why I don't have 30 Rock higher, and it's because I didn't see a lot of it. I just, for whatever reason, again, like I like Tracy Morgan, but I think his shtick gets old. I didn't love a lot of the you know, the Kenneths of the world, like the side characters that other people did. I should have liked it. Like, I, you know, I literally worked in 30 Rock for four years. Like, I should have been able to appreciate that, but... Yeah, we were just talking about a show based on your life. Yeah, it was very funny. Like, I, I would re- definitely recommend it. It's a great show. Maybe I need to give it a better chance, but that's also not going to happen. I also think uh, I'm not the world's biggest Alec Baldwin fan. It's number 32 on Michael Clark's list. Hollywood Reporter has a number 18. TV Line has it number 21. And I'm above all of you. I have it as an all-time Hall of Fame show. I have it at number 12. Oh wow! Okay. I, I just think everything about it is perfect. I'll also say this: you know, Alec Baldwin plays like a buffoonish, extreme character on the show. And I think people know that he's basically playing himself, except that his politics are reversed. And I can say, and I think I've told you about a couple of my run-ins with Alec Baldwin, right? Like when he came to talk to my class in law school, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, you a- name drop before, yeah. yeah. Alec Baldwin is playing, he's not acting in that show. He's playing himself. The only reversal is his politics. But like he is sure. as much a blowhard as he is in that show. Again, except he's left wing instead of right wing. So, but every I love everything about that show. To me, the fa- I think like what I like to compare 30 Rock to is Parks and Rec. Parks and Rec is an incredibly overrated show to me, and I like Parks and Rec, don't get me wrong, but 30 Rock is so much better, and part of what I like better is it always sort of annoys me when, uh, when Michael Schur, Ken Tremendous, you know, the, the showrunner for Parks and Rec, he's always like, one of my goals is to show that comedy can be, like, everybody feels good and is nice to each other at the end of the day. Like, that annoys me, like, that, that sort of, like, syrupy attitude, and 30 Rock does not have that attitude. Parks and Rec does, and that, kind of, like... 30 Rock is a little more cynical, it's a little more like, you know, like Seinfeld or Curb in terms of its attitude. It does jump cuts but in a much better way than like Family Guy does, for example. So yeah, I'm all about 30 Rock. Number 12 on my list, a Hall of Fame show. Okay, great. Uh, number 62, uh, Deadwood. Uh, I believe there are only three seasons. Great show. Hard to love, 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 but it's certainly uh, an, an easy show to really like and watch. I imagine you've seen Deadwood. Yeah, Deadwood is number 20 on my list. It is literally the first show not in the Hall of Fame. I have 19 shows in my Hall of Fame. The only reason it's not a Hall of Fame show is because it only lasted three seasons. So good. So good. It's number 33 on the combined media list. So the media really loves it. It's 42 on Jim Crumley's list. What? Why don't you like Deadwood so much? Why is it only? In the- I do like it. I do like it. I just I, a part of this is also like 
because these are shows I haven't seen in five, ten years, you know, the shows that are off the air, it's like, how fondly do I remember it? How much would I go? You know, rewatchability is huge. And I would never go back and rewatch Deadwood. Oh, I would. I, I mean, I wouldn't go back. If I walked into someone's house and they were watching a Deadwood episode, I'd end up spending four hours in their house watching the next four episodes. Okay. They'd it's, probably kick you out after about yeah. 20 minutes. Like, uh, you know, this is my 21st favorite yeah. show of all time. Uh, <laughs> let me hold on. Let me show you. Can you pause for yeah. a few seconds? Let me get my chart. Do you have anything chart, in the yeah. fridge? <laughs> Can you have anything in the fridge, guys? Uh, I need something for... Uh, so Deadwood uh, is famous, you know, for being the show with the most cursing in television history. And that's sure. some that's something that has turned some people off. Like my father-in-law, for example, who really likes a lot of HBO shows, he said he just couldn't mm-hmm. get over the fact that every other word was a curse yeah. word. And I would recommend anybody who's interested, go Your read- father hates cursing? Your father-in-law hates cursing? No, he doesn't hate cursing. It's just that it's too much for him, is what he said. Oh, I thought because I'm like, he was already cursed with you as a son. Uh, uh, like how much more cursing could there but, be? Uh, go read the Deadwood Wikipedia page. It's a whole section explaining the cursing. And the and yeah. I've, I've also seen other articles about this. Basically, there was, in, there was like... The West, as they portrayed the show, had a ridiculous amount of cursing, but they didn't use words that we use today. Like they didn't say like the F word, for example. But the problem is that the words that they used back then, if we were to use them now, would sound cartoonish in the show. So for example, you could have characters saying like, what in tarnation are you doing? Because that would sound dumb, even though at the time that was like equivalent to like a really bad word. So yeah, but I really like Deadwood. I love historical fiction. I like anything where there's sort of a mix of real characters and fake characters. Boardwalk Empire, you haven't got to yet on your list, but we'll get to the, you know when you mention it. No, I never watched that. I'm not going to get to it. I never Wait, seen what? an episode. What? I've never seen one that's, episode. That's another Hall of Fame show for me. Oh my! Well, I, I can't get behind Buscemi as a leading man. He's got to oh be my. two or below. Um, Boardwalk Empire. Oh, okay. So then I'm going to talk about it now. Boardwalk Empire number 19 on my list. One spot above Deadwood. A Hall of Fame show. Steve, even if you don't like Steve Buscemi. The, no, I love him. He's just he can't be a leading man. Okay, but the characters who play all the other characters are amazing. Like all all the other mobsters, the Arnold Rothstein character, amazing, and that actor also shows up in so many other shows and so many other movies these days. Also, the casting. Virtually every single person on Boardwalk Empire has been in like Oscar nominated movies and like top prestige TV shows in the last couple of years. And if you watch Boardwalk, you'll appreciate them more. Like Michael Shannon, for example, I first got to know him on Boardwalk, where he plays a key character. You really have to try Boardwalk. I'm telling you, it's such... Oh, my God. I love Boardwalk Empire. It's such a good okay. show. Uh, number 61. Uh, wait, can, can that be your homework assignment? You're going to watch Boardwalk? I'll try like an episode. Uh, number 61, oh Weeds. Better. 61, Weeds. Uh, you watch very Weeds similar. over Boardwalk? Oh, that's so offensive. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. It is too high. And weeds is actually... To me, it's probably too, way too on this list. I love the first season. I like the second season. I obviously stopped watching pretty soon after that. Good. Yeah, I but watched. I just thought I thought it was such a good show the first couple of years. I, I have it 88 on my list. I watched the first two seasons and enjoyed it. And then the very end of the second season, if I recall correctly, is when she she marries that cop, right? Yeah. No, that's the end of the. I think that's the first season finale, maybe. No, no, no. Because no, it's either the second or maybe even the third. I'm pretty sure it's the second. Maybe I, the second because I didn't stick around for the third. Yeah. So I watched as soon. So anyway, that's a good. Se- that's a good season finale when she t- puts on the jacket and it's the FBI jacket. Yeah. So, no, not marries when she realizes she's dating him. Then she marries him actually. Oh, okay. So no, this is first then, season finale. Is and then she, all right, yeah. here comes a spoiler for people who are planning on watching season two of Weeds. So she marries this guy who's a cop. And it's completely ridiculous that she would do so. But the show is basically saying to viewers, like the one thing that you don't think is going to happen, like the one thing that would obviously happen from the scenario, we won't make it happen because if it were to happen, it'd be really, really stupid that she would marry him because it's too obvious that it would happen. I'm trying to be vague so I don't spoil it too much. And so then she marries him. And then at the end of season two, that exact thing happens. And I quit when that happened because I said, this is stupid. Like you, I had to sort of 
buy the fiction of this not being a possibility in order to accept the fact that they would marry him. Because otherwise, in, in real life, he would never have agreed to marry her. And so when they screwed him over in the way that I, they did. So whatever. The point is, I, don't watch Weeds because you. you'll want to kill yourself at the end of season two. It's so stupid. It's, it's okay, so horrible. Number- and yet you have it this high on your list. Your list is coming into question. All right, carry on. I mean, so my number 60 show could be one. It could be 100. You could put it anywhere. It's the show I've probably seen more of than any other show on this list. Do you want to guess? Sports Center? <laughs> no, that would be funny. <laughs> I, I would rank Sports Center much lower now. I haven't, have, when was the last time you watched like an episode of Sports Center? Uh, uh, more, more recently than I care to admit. Uh, it, Jeopardy. If you're up late enough, Jeopardy is my Jeopardy is my number six. By the way, Michael Clark has Sports Center at 46, and Jim Crumley has Sports Center at 87. Now I think someone else ranked Jeopardy. Jeopardy is Jim has it at 34. Michael has it at 10. It's the number 10 yeah, show. Yeah, he loves Jeopardy. Yeah, he loves Jeopardy. Yeah, I guess. Um, yeah. I so I'm saying I I have no problems with Jeopardy. It just it, to me, it's I'm not helping anybody by ranking it. 10th, yeah. Well, I've gone but, through uh, I've gone through stages in my life when I've watched it religiously, but then you can also go 10 years without watching. It. You're not gonna like go back. 100. percent Yeah. You're not gonna yes, watch old Jeopardies. <laughs> I'm binging Jeopardy. Yeah. <laughs> like, don't tell me when Ken Jennings loses. Um, yeah, exactly. I like I'll get into it for the tournament champions and stuff. Yeah. Uh, last year, they had like a lot of like, you know, six time champions and there were some amazing games. So I watched it for like a year and now I haven't seen it for a few months. It's, not too, it, it's too early in the night. I'm not home from work yet. So you can DVR it, like you DVR everything else. Well, I said I've gone through stages in my life when I did DVR, it, but. Look, I'm I'm DVRing like Dan Lebetard is highly questionable. I can't. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, Fifty. How much? Like, how do you have time for all this television? I don't sleep. Do you just come home and watch like four hours of TV <laughs> at night? Uh, n- number fifty nine, a show that I just it, it's it, weird for me to rank because I love the first season and I just haven't watched the second season yet, and I hear mixed things, and that's Fargo. So, oh my god, if I like, wait, this, hold on, if I like, hold on, hold on, hold on. You heard mixed things about season two? Yeah, I think at the end people were mixed on it for sure. I mean, because. All the reviews I heard is that season two blew season one out of the water, that it was the best show of 2015. Like a the, lot only of pers- the only person who said that to me was you. No, I, I saw it on a bunch of lists for best show of 2015. Like we're like yeah. critics lists. Well, I'm my own thinker. I don't just go like, ooh, what does Alan Sippen will have to say? All right. Uh, okay. Anyway, so- 59, but but it's not the 59th best show. I feel like if even if I watch season two and don't like it, it makes the top 50. Michael Clark has it at 43. Jim has it at 63 and says it's great so far, but only two seasons which is my thing. I have it at 22. It's it's a little bit unfair to put as a show because it's basically like a miniseries each year. Yeah, There's, yeah that was but, another pro- one of my problems. But the it. theme, anyways, I'll just say this. Season one was really, really good, but season two was just a whole other level. It was incredible. I'm surprised that you didn't hear that from other people because I, I sort of thought, to be honest, I was enjoying season two, and then when I read how much critics loved it, it sort of made me enjoy it more because it made me realize, like, oh, I have other people I can share this with. My brother-in-law is a, a good buddy of mine, and the two shows that we have watched together and enjoyed the most are Boardwalk Empire and Fargo. So uh, okay. I, I like it because sort of I watch it with him and, and we uh, make the inside wow. jokes to each oh, other. It's so nice. We piss, so off, nice. we piss off my wife and my sister. But um, anyhow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and, and if you haven't seen Fargo and you want to get started, don't even watch season one. Just go cut straight to season two. Because season one is an A, but season two is an A++. So. Okay. Um, I'll get to it. That I could get to. Uh, 58. Now, here's the problem. And and I don't know how many shows you watch with your wife. You're talking about watching shows with your brother-in-law. Yeah. But I watched I watched season one of The Americans with my wife. Okay. And then she caught me <laughs> watching the first episode of season two. <laughs> and she got really, really, really mad. Yeah. And so now 
she doesn't want to watch season two with me. <laughs> and I also Wait, definitely cannot Can go I ask ahead. Question? Why doesn't she just watch one episode and then she'll be caught up? I think she was like, man, she's like, I oh, know, forget it. I'm done. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, that's a, that's, a, that's a thing that a wife would do. I don't yeah, understand. So, I don't understand women. So now she so now I can't go ahead because it'll just like exacerbate and she's forgotten and she'd remember it. Yeah. So I haven't watched it in a few seasons, but the first season was really, really good. Uh, I'm still stuck in season two. Uh, so I have it here with Fargo. I couldn't put it in the top 50, but I at least needed to mention it because the first season was so good. Yeah, we met- I know you're leaving a spot open. What spot are you leaving open? 100 for so it right we, now? We mentioned Andy Greenwald before. Andy Greenwald, this is his favorite show. He's obsessed with it. Michael Clark has it at 61. And this I, is Seppenwall's also usually one or two or three show. Yeah. So I, I, I have not seen it. I intend to see it at some point. I, as I said, my list is only 99 spots. I'm saving a spot for the Americans, but I haven't seen it yet, so I have no comment. Okay. Carrie Russell, do you have Felicity on your list? No, and I saw a couple. I think my wife maybe watched us a couple episodes. Nothing major. Uh, 57, The Comeback, uh, the Lisa Kudrow show on HBO. I really liked it, but I also wasn't compelled to watch when it came back this year. So I had to knock it out of the top 50. Michael Clark has it at 62 on his list. Yeah, good show. Uh, there were some really funny episodes and scenes. It blows my mind that you watch so much TV and yet you don't have Boardwalk Empire. That's crazy to me. Or Mad Men, or Fargo. Like, how have you not seen Mad Men? It's crazy. Also, I see, I've seen the first season of Mad Men. I just, I, you know, it was. And again, I'll tell you what it was. I watched it with my wife. We had the first season on DVD. It was so long ago. Oh yeah, I yeah. Second. That's how me and my wife watch it. Also, the summer we got married, actually, I bought the first two yeah. seasons of Mad Men because season three was starting that summer, and I wanted to watch it live. So we bought the first two seasons on DVD. Two thousand nine. I just haven't watched it. And at this point, it's too late. I'm not going to watch it. Yeah, I saw the I saw the finale. Like I'm not going to go back and watch it. Uh, I know um, I know we're skipping way ahead, but at what point in its run did you see The Sopranos? Oh, to- live from like the first minute. Oh, because I saw the entirety of The Sopranos in 2011. No, excuse me, in 2000. It's absurd. Thir- in 2013. Did you know the ending? I mean, I knew that the screen went to black, but I didn't. You know. Okay. But um. Spoiler. <laughs> No, but it was impossible not to know that. Um, and part of the reason I avoided Sopranos is sort of the same reason why I avoided, well, frankly, like The West Wing also, because I knew I'd really like it, but it was too intimidating because it was 78 hour long episodes and I would just never get around to it. Yeah, so I didn't see it till way after the fact. And I think people love, like, you know, watching shows, you know, back to back to back, but I think binging shows, but I think that. There really is a lot of value in watching the show week well, to week. Well, let me ask you. Well, actually, can you make a note to talk about um, binging The Sopranos when we get up to it? Because I don't want to talk Sopranos now. Obviously, sure. it's much, much higher on the list. Okay. But I do think uh, I do. I have some interesting questions about that. Okay. And, and, you know, the, the, the better shows I want to spend more time on. And okay. so let's uh, keep going here. Okay. 56, I have Big Brother, a show I didn't start watching until season 16. But I have gone back, and this is totally insane. But I have it, it's not actually it's not insane at all to anyone in in like Rob's universe and the RHAP universe because they do these sort of things. But I do think like when we say things like "Oh, I went back and watched all thirty episodes of a Big Brother season," like that probably sounds bananas to you, right? You should be put in prison to have done that, right? Like I'm, watch, I understand. You didn't watch I understand that why then because you had to watch. <laughs> That's like an insane. Even in the no. Rahab universe, that's an insane thing to do. I'm sure that's crazy. No, no, oh no, definitely not. Everyone has seen. No, they watch Big Brother, Big Brother Canada. They watch. There's people watch Big Brother. Like, yeah, the, the Big other Brother countries. Canada guy was our our Cowboys guest, Jordan Parhar. On our he podcast. was on the show. He wasn't. He wasn't just like he's not one of the reporters for the show. But yeah, I, I know. I said the Big Brother Canada guy. Is yeah, a, yeah, yeah, sure. You know, but and, and that's a good. Sh- that's actually probably a better show than the American Big Brother. Um, if you like strategy shows, which you don't for some weird reason, even though I think it's up right up your alley, and you like 
you know, you, and you sort of like the competition aspect of it and you like, oh, who's going to win? To me, it like combines everything from a television show and a sport. And I'm talking, you know, Survivor, which is a far superior show than Big Brother. But to me, Big Brother, which I went back and I've seen about half of the seasons at this point. I don't know if I'm going to go back and watch any more. I'm a busy guy. But uh, but 56 <laughs> Big Brother, I think it, it's a little too campy to be in my top 50 all time. But I, it's a show that I will watch every episode of. And there's you know, now there's like 35 episodes. It's three times a week in the summer. Uh, but it's also perfect because there's nothing else on in the summer. Uh, love, love me some big brother. Fifty six, probably on Michael's list or some of the other guys' list, but I'm not sure. It is not. It is not. Okay. Uh, number fifty five, happy endings. I have a lot of problems with happy endings. I love Adam Pally to the point where he put he knocks it up. Did you watch Happy Endings? No. Okay, so I have a scorching hot take about Happy Endings. It's not even a hot take. It's a hundred percent accurate. Michael has that on his list at fifty seven, by the way. Oh wow, we're uh, we're almost twins there. So. There are six main, like, it's similar to Friends in that there are six main characters. Happy Endings was a critically acclaimed ABC, for, especially for an ABC sitcom, but not a, not a ratings darling. I got canceled after three seasons. There are six main characters on, on Happy Endings. Adam Pally, who's incredible. You know Adam Pally? Yep. What a guy. Casey Wilson, Casey Wilson, who's great. I like her. Alicia Cuthbert from 24 is really good on the show. She's attractive, yeah. Eliza Coop from, uh, is, is good on the show. Don't know her. Damon Wayans Jr. is really good on the show. And the guy married basically to the lead, the, the guy who's essentially the Ross of the show, the Jerry Seinfeld of the show, the guy who should be the protagonist, has like a douchey beard and is totally unlikable, uh, Zachary Knighton, who's been on a lot of shows, and completely ruins the series. And I never hear anybody have this take, but if they cast the main guy better, the show's still on the air. He's just, you know, it, if, if, if it's... If it's Zach Bre- yeah. if it's Zach Braff on you know here, or if it's someone who's likable, even if they switched it and Adam Pally's the main guy, I think it's still on the air. But uh, but they totally strike out with Zachary Knighton, and to me, it's it's a show that was really funny, uh, and it deserves its fifty five spot. But uh, Zachary Knighton's the reason why uh, it's not in the top fifty, and it's the reason why it's not on the air anymore. Ross was also the least liked character on Friends, though. Okay, so maybe and again, Friends not my favorite show, but I'm thinking more of a Zach Braff type, of a of a sort of a baby face leading character. Yeah, I'm looking at this guy. I've never seen this guy in my life, Zachary Knighton. Oh, he's a, and he has like a really bad goatee on the show. He yeah. doesn't. Oh, have, he has, he has a has bad the, goatee in real life. I'm looking at it. Yeah, he's he was terrible, and no one ever says this, but he ruined the show anyway. Uh, do you ever see Adam Pally's like when they didn't? I get, I think it was uh maybe after Ferguson left before Corden took over the 12:30 CBS show. They were sort of doing tryouts or just like placeholder people. And they gave Pally, you should watch it. They gave, I'm sure it's on YouTube. They gave Pally one show and it's like such a disaster that it's amazing. And he's doing like alternative comedy. He's doing like comedy bang bang type stuff. And like even like the cameramen and the producers are like actively hating him during the show. But it's really funny. And I think he had Ben Schwartz. Benny Schwartz also uh, come with him. Uh, Number 54, I have the British version of The Office. Do you have this ranked anywhere? I do not have the British version. I've seen the British version. It's good. It was a little bit short. Um, I will note that everybody else has one of those. The media ranking has it at number 37, which is higher than they have the U.S. office. Michael Clark has it at 40, which is lower than he has the U.S. office. And Jim Crumley has them at consecutive spots at 48, 49. He says uh, they're both good in their own ways. I can't include one without the other. So I like the British version, but I, uh, I don't have it on my list. The American version, by the way, I have in my Hall of Fame, but we'll save it to when you get to yours. Yeah, I, I really like The Office. I've done podcasts about The Office. I do think that... Um, podcasts? I've only heard one of them. Uh, I, I said podcast. I just, uh, I'm just i speaking quickly. Okay. My, my teeth hurt. Yeah. Um, I think that... Um, 
what's your what's your opinion about Ricky Gervais? I really like him. Um, I do think like his going in the room at the Golden Globe stuff is a little hacky now because he's done it a lot. And I uh, but in general, I think he he is sort of like and I I don't follow him on Twitter, so I'm not sure of any of his opinions, but I know he's sort of very like opinionated about stuff. So I really don't know like what angles he's taking, if he's like a Pierce Morgan type or if he's trolling. I really don't know. But uh, the problem, the reason why a show that's so good that also like fosters an exact identical replica that that's going to be better is that they just didn't make enough episodes. They only made 12 episodes. It's easy to make 12 great episodes of a comedy. Uh, the Office, you know, which clearly showed you that the the perils of doing, you know, almost 200 episodes when so many of them are totally unwatchable. The late seasons of the American Office. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, no, the late seasons of the 12. Yeah. By 10, 11, 12. They were out of steam. <laughs> OK, wait. So hold on. Um, so let's talk about Ricky Gervais for a second. You know, so are you sure. you're familiar with the dynamic between him and Stephen Merchant and Carl Pilkington, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I've, you know, I'm a big. And fan. this is not the only Ricky Ricky Gervais show uh, on this list. Do you have an idiot abroad on your list? Because if so, I'll save it. No, I've I've never heard of it. Okay, so in so you know, for those who don't know, so Ricky Gervais and Stephen Merchant, who's a really tall, gawky guy, who also had a show on HBO, which I liked, but well, which only had one season, which was very depressing. They had a producer for their podcast and for a bunch of other stuff in their lives. This guy named Carl Pilkington. And they would just make endless fun of him about how he was an idiot and he was so stupid. And they would just like make endless fun about him just saying the dumbest things ever. And he's sort of very sort of – he's almost like a Donald Trump supporter type guy in England. He's very sort of xenophobic. He's, he's very sort of provincial. He's never gone outside his own neighborhood. And he thinks that – you know, but he just he – like, he doesn't read newspapers, things like that. And so the idea that they came up with was why don't they take Carl Pilkington and send him – to see like the seven great wonders of the world. So they're going to send him to India and they're going to send him to like, to like Israel and Jordan. And they're going to send him to all these amazing parts of the world to look at and to experience foreign cultures. And then he'll have to sort of react to it because he's sort of so incredibly provincial. So that's the shtick of the show. So Carl Pilkington goes to visit these places and then he'll call back in to Ricky Gervais and Stephen Merchant. And he'll just say sort of the, like the most hilarious simple-minded things about them and when you watch the show you never can really be sure is carl in on the joke or not because it seems like he's not but i don't know if he's just a great actor anyways if go on youtube look up some idiot abroad some skits just some like some individual scenes it's very very funny Mm. like he'll you know he goes like like for example you know you're obviously in israel so watch the episode where he goes to israel and he just has these really funny attitudes about like the fact you know about religion for example but it's also interesting sometimes because an outsider's perspective can sort of give you sort of an interesting angle on your own life i think so it's a good show i would recommend an idiot abroad okay i've never heard of it so can't really get you know blamed for not having an opinion on it yeah um 53 a show that's on the air now i believe right now this second is ending its fifth and uh penultimate season and that's girls is girls on your list it's on my list because i watch it every week where is it uh jim has it at 95 on his yeah <laughs> jim has it at 95 and at 107 on his list Oops. so yeah maybe there's two different girls it's the uk version yeah of girls. <laughs> perhaps yeah so you know <sighs> I watch it every week, so I can't. See. I have it at eighty-two on my list. Do you, would you say you hate watch it every week at this point? Yeah. Well, this season's been better than the last couple seasons. The last well, couple but seasons, isn't it, like Hannah is so detestable at this point? And there was. And a, I don't want to go. There know. was an awful, awful article on New York Magazine last week talking about Hannah Horvath, how she's so detestable, and then they sort of said, "Why is it that Hannah does socially inappropriate things and everybody hates her?" But Larry David does socially inappropriate things on Curb and everybody loves him. And is that an example of sexism? And I thought that was just an absurd thing to say. 
like they're completely opposite characters. The reason everybody hates Hannah Horvath is because she does socially unacceptable things that nobody would do because they're terrible things to do. Whereas Larry David does things that everybody wishes they could Wants do. Wants to do, sure. Yeah, Plus exactly. Larry David, like in, in Curb, Larry David created Seinfeld. He's playing himself, whereas Hannah's like a 25-year-old substitute teacher. Yeah, but people think that it's sort of a fictionalized version of her. So I do give her credit for making... Re- how about this? Rank the four girls for me right now. Well, Hannah's got to be last. It's funny because Shoshana yeah, sure. was last for the first couple seasons of the show. Mm-hmm. But almost by default, she's moved up just because she's she's not as horrible as the other one. So so Hannah's last. Mm-hmm. Well, it's actually tough. I'm not sure who I would have last between Hannah and Allison Williams' character. What's her name again? Yeah, Marnie. At this point, I think uh, I I put Marnie maybe below Hannah Horvath. Yeah, they're both terrible in their own ways. I don't know. Shoshana is basically I have neutral opinions of. I thought that when she went to Japan this year. It was ridiculous. They made her such a like they they just yeah. turned they 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 turned Japan into a theme park. Sure, it was completely I unrealistic. I agree. And then um and then and then the best character for sure is of the four anyway is Jemima. Is yeah. Uh, although Adam Driver is the best character on the show. Yeah, or, I agree. Adam's great. I even yeah. like what's his name, uh, Steve or whatever. I'm sure I've said this a bunch of times, but you, my sister and Jemima married first cousins, so. If I went to family events, like, uh, you know, like my dad was like, I just went to this wedding in Toronto and we we're sitting next to Jemima and like, you know, the rabbi. Wait, why does your dad, why does your dad know who she is? <laughs> no, he doesn't. I think my mom probably told I, he would trust me. He does not know. Uh, yeah. He's never seen an episode of girls. I can assure you, unless, unless she's on Harry Potter, he would not know who she is. Um, I think that. I just don't understand how you have all these shows so high on your list and you've never seen like Boardwalk Empire or Mad Men. It really, I, I really. Well, I have, I have more older shows than you and I have a few reality shows. Yeah. Um. Listen, we'll see when we, when we if if and when we get up to like the top ten, we'll see. Yeah. Number fifty two. This is another show similar to The Americans, where I really like it. Every episode I've seen, I really like, but I I just haven't seen so much of it that I can't put it in my top fifty. There, quantity okay. is a big thing for me, and okay. you're gonna you're probably gonna go ape on this one <laughs> that it's not in my top fifty, but The West Wing I have at fifty two. Well, but I already mentioned earlier in this show, I've never seen the West Wing. Oh, okay, fine. But we like in in like our extended extended group of friends. There's some West Wing obsessives. Yeah, and I'll note the media rankings has West Wing at 26. That includes TV Line having it at number 10 all time, Hollywood Reporter having it at 11 all time, Michael Clark has it at 19, and uh, Jim Crumley has it at 27. So to, for you to have it that low is an indictment of you, I think. I haven't seen it, but I'm sure if I had seen it, I would put it in the top 15. I just, I just haven't seen so much of it. But again, if I, you know, if to I. Me it was just, to me, it was simply a matter of I don't have time to watch 100 show, hundred hour long episodes of a show. Yeah. I'm sure I would like it. Also, it's I think it would probably more. be dated. It would probably be dated now. It would be dated. I think that also. The, Although, the yeah, dates- as you said, we have friends who are watching it every week and like podcasting about it. So podcasting about it we have friends who podcast about it so josh molina just started a podcast i think i think it's him where every week he watches yes, an episode yeah. and discusses it He's and, not our friend. and no but our friends are going crazy over this podcast our friends are to this podcast as i am to your podcast with rob okay well hopefully they'll they should also be to my podcast with rob yeah well, if they are, they're not writing emails every week. No, no. I, I feel like the ship is it. There's, we're not getting any new new listeners. We're up to 102. Whatever. We're, we're sticking with what we have. Uh, yeah. So I like the West Wing. I'm never going to watch it again. My one knock on the West Wing, the reason, another reason I kept it out of the top 50 is when Jimmy Smith and who was he running against? When they, I don't when know. They I haven't like, seen the show. Yeah. When, it, like, when they did the, at the end, like in the final season or two of the show, like Martin Sheen's term was over. So, you know, they had to, they had to do like an election. So they had like the primaries and stuff. And while it sounds cool, 
they did a, like a whole episode that's just a debate. And it's really boring. Anyway, maybe if you'd seen every episode, it was riveting TV. Uh, so I do like the West Wing. I have no knocks on the West Wing, really. Uh, and then 51, another one of my like super hot takes. People are going to hate this. People are probably already shut off the podcast because they're so annoyed with my uh, with my rankings. Your rankings uh, are much worse than mine. I'm sorry. They're great. You, you have some uh, terrible rankings. I feel like you're going to have the show really high or you've never seen it. But the show is really overrated, and I also give it, even though I like it, it is at its best really funny, but the the new version of the show is is was terrible, and so at 51, I have Arrested Development. Wow, that's way, way too low. It just, it was the, was the Netflix version awful? No, absolutely not. It was terrible. It, just, it doesn't make sense. Your ranking doesn't make sense. Either you haven't seen the show, in which case it's not on your list, or it's got to be top 10. Uh, I will note that on the cumulative media rankings, it's the number seven show all time, one spot behind the wire. Yeah, but these rankings have no if, – if Friends is in the top five, I don't care. Hold on. Michael Clark also has a number seven all time. No, I believe okay. that – yeah, okay. And I have, it number, I have it number 16 all time. It's a Hall of Fame show. I, I just don't understand how you can – it just doesn't – your ranking doesn't make sense. You either have to have a top ten or a zero, like not on the list. How do I you disagree. Think it's, it's a very funny show. Not one I'm interested in revisiting. Am I too hard? Uh, yes. Have, have you seen a, one of the first three seasons random episodes in the last five years? No. Okay. If you do, if they're all on Hulu. Uh, and then they're sort of randomly appearing in other places. The Netflix shows got too criticized early on. There's so many Easter eggs hidden within them. They weren't as good as the first three seasons for sure. They were imperfect. I agree with you 100% about that. But there's so many Easter eggs embedded within them that it, as you dive deeper into them, you'll appreciate them more and more. I don't want Easter eggs. Give me the meat, baby. <laughs> okay. It's almost Easter. Oh, actually, it was Easter already. It's almost Passover. The holidays are all mixed up this year because uh, the, the, the Jews went on a uh, leap year. Oh, nobody cares. Don't go into the whole calendar stuff. This well, because I, I made an Easter reference and then I screwed it up. Nobody so. cares. All right. Number 50. Now, should we stop now? Yeah, I think we this, should. Uh, reconvene for 50 through 1. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I think next week we're going to pr- preview the NFL draft. Is that correct? We, next week we take a break. We go to the NFL, the NFL draft. draft. And then the and week then later, two weeks. we come back and we do the top 50. So we let people build up for, for two weeks. Yeah, so that's a good idea. And people can send us our, their lists. Yeah, pe- more people can send us lists. Uh, let me just, how about I cover a few of the shows outside my top 50 that you do not Yes, yeah, so why don't you do that? Why don't you do that? And then, and then if one of them is in your top 50, just tell me and then I'll, and then I'll, I'll edit it up. Well, be smart. If you say The Wire, I'm just ending this conversation. You know, it's <laughs> yeah. like... I have it at number 88 on my list. Okay. No. All right, I was, I'm just going to read these quickly. And then if there's any that you want to discuss for a second, let me know. It's Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, which I'm in the middle of season two right now. I, you know, do, should I start watching it? It's really at the very top of my list because everyone, people whose opinions I respect really like it, but I have if you not like, started if you, it. If you like 30 Rock, you'll like it. I like I'll, 30 I'll Rock. I didn't love 30 Rock. What about Broad City? Is that a better comparison? No, Broad City What's is closest different. Come? Broad City is better than Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Broad City is better than Unbreakable uh, Kimmy Schmidt. I think Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt's closest comp is Thirty Rock. And you it's said Shimmy Schmidt, which is a much yeah, different well. show. <laughs> <laughs> so the right, Orthodox yeah. Jew married right, Mike Schmidt. On. Okay, hold on. Bojack Horseman, you didn't mention. Uh, I've seen like an episode, but I haven't seen enough to rank it. But it's fun. I, I I really really like that show. And again, if you like Arrested and if you like um, Will Arnett, you'll like Bojack Horseman. I think Peep Show, the British show Peep Show. Are you familiar with it? Nope, never heard of it. Uh, Peep Show was, well, so Broadchurch. So if you remember the woman who plays like the main character in Broadchurch, the cop, mm-hmm. she yeah. plays the girlfriend in Peep Show. Peep Show was, this, just Google it right now while we're talking. Peep Show was a British comedy show. Very, yeah, that's a very, great very thing. Funny. Like right before I go to sleep, that's a great thing to have in my uh, Google searches for the morning. 
Why? It's, 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 it's a TV show. It's nothing dirty. It's okay. not. It's not a dirty show. Peep show. Yeah. Peep show. I know there's a a girl a girl I knew. Um, uh, she was in high school and she came over from Mexico and her English. She spoke English in Mexico, so her English was pretty good. But she, maybe she didn't get some of sort of like expression type things right away. And this is like she's coming over maybe junior year of high school, and she's in a car. She's going to like mock trial or something with her teacher. And they're driving back down Rockaway Turnpike on Long Island, and they pass. There's like uh, there's like a gentleman's club or two. <laughs> she passes like, and she's like, "Ooh, look, a peep show. We should go in." She had no idea what it was. <laughs> but what did she with think? Her it teacher was? in the car. Anyway. What did she think it was? Like, what was the possibility? I don't. I, I have no idea. I don't know. Yeah. All right. All right. Just continue on my list. Tom and Jerry, the cartoon, of course. Two stupid dogs, another cartoon. Ballers, the HBO show with with your boyfriend, The Rock. Hard Love knocks. The Rock. Love me some Rock. Yeah. But do you watch Ballers? I, I know you don't. It got bad. Don't it got bad reviews. It got bad reviews, and uh, and I didn't watch it. It's very entertaining. It's not like it's not an intellectual show, but it's very entertaining. If you like, oh really? No the show with Jay Glazer is one of the main characters. Is not an intellectual. He's not show. a main character. He's not on the show. I, if I you understand. if you followed him his Twitter, you'd assume he was like the lead and the Rock was second. I understand that next season he's on an episode, according to him, anyways. But I don't know. He's not on the show yet. Uh, Vinyl on HBO right now. Dan Levitard is highly questionable. Jersey Shore. There's a reality show for you. Jersey Shore, okay. not on your that's, list. That's kind of funny. I don't have a problem with that. Yeah. Uh, no, number 62, Queer Duck. Are you familiar with Queer Duck? I've never heard of it. Queer Duck was a show I saw in high school. It was a Showtime. Queer Duck was a cartoon on Showtime in the 90s, very much ahead of its time. It, it's a, a flamboyantly gay duck whose name is Queer Duck. And he lives, and he, you know, he sort of lives in West Hollywood with a bunch of gay animal friends. Just very, very funny, very subversive. It's a, it's a very, very funny cartoon. That's not a show to watch with your children anywhere nearby because that show is definitely uh, rated uh, not appropriate for children. Uh, Will and Grace. You didn't mention Will and Grace. Is that somewhere on your list? I, I liked it, but I, I maybe I don't have a critical mass of episodes seen to put it on there. All right. Last week tonight, you said you don't have the uh, No, I'm not, the, that's uh, not. That can't make it. It's yeah. a weekly show. It's All right. like a, it's, I mean, it's a talk show. Marin 68, which is never a, seen uh, an it's episode. Better than, it's, it's better than the Mark Marin podcast because it's sort of, a, you know, Called down to half an hour, as so opposed to Comedy Bang Bang, um, which is much worse than the Comedy yeah, Bang. Yeah. <laughs> than the... yeah, Law and Order SVU. Okay, I, I, I've seen a lot of episodes, but again, yeah, it's... exactly. All right, here's a show that you probably don't, haven't seen. Number seventy on my list: The Real Husbands of Hollywood on BET. Oh my god, because your wife loves this show. No, no, no. Real Husbands of Hollywood is not a reality show. Oh, it is. <laughs> it's a it's a fake reality show starring Kevin Hart along with a bunch of his buddies, J.B. Smoove, Nelly. Wow. If you like Kevin Hart, you'll love the show. It's very funny. Kevin Hart is really good. It's the only show I watch on BET, but I would recommend it. It's, you know, it's not the best show in the world, but it's very funny. Sex in the City, 72. No, no, no. Come on. Come on. All right. My wife actually yelled at me that I didn't have Sex in the City on the list, and so I went ahead and put it on. I haven't seen every episode, but, you know, I've seen more of it than I care to admit, and mm. uh, it's, it's entertaining. News Radio at 73, one of my I like, favorite. I like uh, News Radio, but I, I haven't seen enough of it. News Radio. Yeah. Uh, House of Cards is at 74. Never seen one episode. Not even us. All right. So season one, incredible. Season two started to jump the shark. And by the end of season two, it was so preposterous that I was out, uh, which is very similar to Homeland. The, the arc of Homeland and House of Cards, nearly identical. And they take place in the same city at the same yes, time. Yes, but people still watch House of Cards. People don't realize that, that House of Cards isn't a good show anymore, whereas everyone realizes that Homeland is not a good show. Yeah. Uh, I have, I'm skipping down to shows that uh, American Dad, I have at number 77. American Dad is better than Family Guy in the last five years. Yeah, I, I, I like it, but I don't, and it's not something that's on my mind enough to really put right. it on there. Bro- Brooklyn Nine Nine at seventy nine. That was probably like my one hundred one or one hundred two. It just missed, just because I stopped watching it. Okay, 
Ghost Rider, a PBS show when we were Yeah, kids. you know what? I, this is my big miss. I forgot it. And I even think <laughs> Nice. Yes. I, I no <laughs> no, but hold on. I'm going to search That's it so in amazing. in our Google chat because I think we mentioned I, it. Yeah. I think I told you about it and it just never made my list because when I was making like It's not a doing, thing that you think of. It's, it's not in a cat. You know what Ghost Rider's like? Cuz you told me you, you went to like yeah. different Wikipedia lists to find yeah, shows. Yeah, I even see you mentioning you, I sent you this list yeah. I guess one time and yeah. I see you I sent you this list like a year ago. And yeah. I, I see you, um, I mentioned it to you, but then I forgot to include it because I went like channel by channel through like every, you know, Netflix, HBO, Showtime, the main, like, you know, because they have a list on Wikipedia. So I was like so thorough. And now I'm so sad that I missed, uh, I missed Ghost Rider. And now I'm thinking like, can I kick out? You know? <laughs> You'll never so, know. You'll never know what I kick out. When you invited people to your wedding, you did something similar. You went through your list of friends. All right, who, here's everybody I know from, from, from college, from camp, from high school, right? Yeah. And then you always have a couple friends who are yes. from random places. Yeah. And yeah, then for, Harold for- Rosengarten. I forgot to invite Harold Rosengarten, yeah. I think. You he forget was from to camp. invite him. And then, like, and, then yeah. two weeks be- and then two weeks before the wedding, you're like, oh, he randomly pops in your head. You're like, oh, I forgot to invite him because he I see. I didn't think of uh, like the of him and maybe like uh, I don't like the other Moorish shop, like the, the, the camp people. But I did. Yeah. And I've told the story probably five times on podcasts, but like. I did remember one friend, and I invited him, and he met his wife there. I think I just told yeah. that story on the Seinfeld podcast. So Ghost Rider was this like nerdy show on PBS at like 6 p.m. on Sunday afternoons. Um, as I think I've mentioned to you before, I wasn't allowed to watch TV growing up. We had one small TV in the basement of our house in a room that was locked, and we didn't have cable. So the only TV we were allowed to watch was Sunday morning cartoons. Then we could watch Vikings games on Sunday afternoon. And then we could watch Ghost Rider. So what would happen is on Sundays in the winter, I would have like my basketball league, my JCC basketball league games would be at like 4 p.m. And I would race home from my game. I would scarf down dinner as fast as possible. So me and all my nerd siblings, we could all go watch Ghost Rider together. But it was such like a nerdy show that I never would have admitted watching it in school ever. And so I'd watch it every Sunday. I'd never discuss it with anybody other than my siblings. And then one day, the biggest nerd in my class, and I won't even say his name because it's really mean, but... He somehow mentioned the show in passing in school. And then yeah. I went up to him in, at recess and I whispered, I'm like, Ghost Rider, right? <laughs> That's funny. Can so, you, do you so, chat me who the biggest nerd was? this in high school or elementary school? No, elementary school. Oh, so this I wouldn't not, know the this nerd. Is, so this is not I a guy think, that you know. Okay, wait. And, um, <laughs> but I, you know, I really regret it. But it was also on at a really tough time. It was on like 5 like 30 six, Sundays. So I would go yeah. to Jet Games and a lot of times I wouldn't come home in time. You know, we'd do the yeah. drive back from the Meadowlands, Meadowlands or I would have like Little League. Or basketball practice. Yeah, know, that's what I remember racing home. My basketball games were like 4 p.m. every Sunday. So I'd like be racing home to catch and it. And it wasn't rerun during the week. So like you just assume then, oh, I'm never going to see that episode. Yeah. Again. And there's You've no, seen yeah, that there's with no all TV. TV. Yeah, exactly. Now you yeah. could probably see every episode. It was a really good show. Yeah. Uh, or like at least like an exciting show for I'm kind of annoyed. For, ner- for, nerds, like, for nerds like us. Yeah. Um, all right. Just power through the rest of my list. Like yes. Yeah. 81. Just shoot me. Another 90s sitcom I liked. It's on, it, it was in my top 110. Okay, good. All right. Um. Uh, skipping down, eighty-three man seeking woman. It's a show on FXX right now. It's Simon Rich. Yeah, Simon Rich is is like my favorite like writer, comedy writer right now. Oh, like, do I've you read have his all book? of his books? Uh, okay, yeah, I've read uh, all of his books. But have you seen the show then? I've seen a few episodes and it was too crazy for me. It's it's good. It's very dark, and I mean that both literally and figuratively. Like the coloring is too dark. It's it sort of depresses yeah. me. It's a show to watch like on a Sunday night before you go to bed. Uh, skip it down. Oh, and number eighty six, Temptation Island. That's another reality show. Do you remember that show when we were in like? Yeah, high of school? course, of course, I remember yeah. it. Uh, I'm shocked that that's your one reality show on the list. <laughs> well, I also Jersey Shore. Uh, that show was crazy. There was the couple who had the kid that they lied about. They got kicked off the show. Coupling, a BBC show. Coupling. 
Uh, I think it was like I, in college. I saw like the first episode or something. Yeah, that's number 89 on my list. That's uh, pretty was, weak. Uh, yeah. Um, You're the Worst, number 90. It's another show that Andy Greenwald really likes. It's yeah, I like it. Show. I like it. It could be, you know, if I had seen all of it, it would definitely be in the top 100. All right. Uh, now at the bottom, we have a bunch of Comedy Central shows that I liked for a little while and then quit um, or the show got canceled. Important Things with Dimitri Martin. Eh, it was okay. Nothing special. Never saw uh, it. Mar- Married on FXX. Married is shown like right before or right after You're the Worst. They're like they're, they're shown together. Well, one of them got canceled. I think Married got canceled. Oh, okay. I actually liked Married a little better than You're the Worst. Yeah, I like Married I too. Yeah. I like Married. It did not uh, make my right. top 100. But Number 93, a really, really random show, Wilfred on FX. You're familiar with Wilfred? I've, I've seen like commercials. I've maybe seen a few minutes of one episode. Okay, yeah. So Wilfred was this show. It was an Australian show, and it was very popular in Australia, so it came to this country. It starred Elijah Wood, who's like a pretty famous guy to have been on some random show that nobody ever really heard of. Um, I really got into it. Unfortunately, I, I mean, is it guy crazier who, than Zach Galifianakis, an infinitely more famous guy, being on board to death as not as the non-lead of the show? No, because I think that Zach Galifianakis, Board to Death came out in 2009. He wasn't that famous then. Elijah Wood had already no, been No, the Hangover the had already come out by the time Board to Death aired. Okay, but but Board to Death is also an, and any show, that also a Ted Danson like that's on HBO that has prestige. Whereas Wolfred was on FXX and on FX and Elijah Wood had just been in Lord of the Rings, which is like the highest grossing like trilogy of all time. All right, number ninety four. I know he's your favorite comedian, the Jeselnik Offensive. Didn't make my top hundred, even though I love him. The show just yeah. was. It, 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 he should do another show. He yeah. it, really his his ultimate trajectory should have been destroying on the uh, Weekend Update stage. He would have been the greatest guy of all time at that. Uh, until yeah. he got fired after six weeks, but all right, number ninety five, the burn with Jeff Ross, another comedian that I like. But oh yeah, know, I forgot about work. this show. Um, yeah, I wouldn't have had him. It lasted like but... a season. Last like a season. Uh, number ninety six, Hello Ladies on HBO, which I already mentioned. It was the Stephen Merchant show. Well, you love uh, number... HBO. Every, if a yeah. show is on HBO, it's in your top hundred. I think literally it. every show ever put on HBO is on this list, pretty much. No, <laughs> I mentioned at least one show. You hadn't yeah. seen uh, Carnival. Uh, uh, yeah, Carnival. I hadn't seen. Yeah, uh, number ninety seven. Uh, number ninety seven. Do you have Togetherness on your top hundred? No. Uh, number nine, no. Number ninety-seven, the nightly show. Uh, you know, I wanted to like it. I actually, as you know, I went to a taping a couple months ago. Larry Wilmer's I know. okay. Don't pretend like I remember that you went to a taping of the nightly show. Like it was an important <laughs> no, fact you made fun, in my life. You made fun of me for mentioning that on the podcast, as if that was a humble brag. To which I said, like, the show was so desperate. Like, I actually signed up for tickets once, then just didn't show up, and then they sent me an email begging me to come. Like they were desperate. It, it's just uh, it, the, the the guests are really. I've weak. never seen it. Yeah. All right. Fine. Number ninety-eight. Lucky Louis. I think it's supremely overrated because of what Louis C.K. Beca- became. Honestly, yeah, the show I saw sucks. one episode. I didn't like it. Yeah, it shouldn't yeah, be. Yeah, the show sucks. Yeah. Well, it's at the bottom of my list. And I'm just looking at some other shows from Michael Clark's list. He has he has uh, the Cosby Show at sixty-three. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, so no, but it I'm was seventy-five that- six months ago. I'm not sure yeah. why I went up twelve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Michael. Why do you like the Cosby? No. So so look. So Michael said it's hard to separate our feelings on the cause, but you can't ignore the cultural relevance. And I'm glad that Michael was man enough to keep his show on the list. Because no, I, 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 I approve of that. Listen, he, when he watched the show, he didn't know anything was off with the cause. I do say Seventh Heaven was in my like next, you know, like shows I've actually seen most of, uh, yeah. you know, that was in my next 25 or 30. But I would never have, even if I liked it a little more, I would never have put it in my 100 just because yeah. like that's, you know. Yeah. But uh, yeah, and by the way, Jim Crumley has Cosby show at 22 and he has the same wow. comment. It's hard to disentangle this from the news. Sure. It's one of the best sitcoms. And and I and I respect them for putting it on the list because let me go to what the media rankings are. Here's the media rankings from Entertainment Weekly, TV Line and TV Guide, which are all, you know, at least a few years old. Uh, Entertainment Weekly has Cosby show number 16 all time. TV Line number 29 all time. TV Guide number 28 all time. 
So everybody agrees it's one of the greatest shows of all time. But because of what he just did, when, when The Hollywood Reporter came out there this couple months ago, it was nowhere in the top 100. And pardon my French, but that's bullshit. If the show's a great show, right? And it's the same thing with O.J. Simpson being in the Hall of Fame or, or whatever. If the show's a great show, it's still a great show just because the guy who created it is an evil, awful, scumbag, rapist, terrible human being. Like, the show's still a good show. So to, like, to take it off your list is just like, it's phony. You know, it's like, it's like I don't but know. But if you uh, include so rewatchability, I'm not sure if you can rewatch the show. <laughs> Okay, okay, so that uh, that's actually a good point. It, it does suffer in terms of rewatchability. Um, scrolling through Michael's list, he's got a bunch of shows that, uh, that you or I definitely have in the top uh, 50, so we'll save them. Uh, he has Buffy at 72. Buffy's a show that critics really love. What's your feeling on Buffy? Yeah, like in Alan Steppenwolf's book where he talked about like the 12 most uh, influential sort of like golden age of television dramas, Buffy's it, Buffy gets a whole chapter, um, but yeah. I've never seen it. Yeah, uh, Sports Century, not really a show, but I do like where Michael's thinking is. He has yeah, that that's fine. I don't, I don't hate it. I, I like Sports Century. He has Bob's Burger at 79. He yeah, has people Looney love Tunes. Bob's Burger. He has Looney Tunes at 82. Again, right, not really a show. but Yeah, listen, sometimes you have to stretch to, to reach 100 shows. I get it. Yeah. He has the OC at 87. Okay, that means he watched one episode. He has, oh, by the way, good props for Michael. He has Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood at 91. I'm glad he has Mr. Rogers. Who didn't love Mr. Rogers? Take it by your silence. You didn't. No, no, I had no problem with Mr. Rogers, but I would never have thought to. Uh, were you a Were you a Mr. Rogers guy? Like I shouldn't say guy because you would have been four. But were you Were you a Mr. Rogers kid or a Sesame Street kid? Because oh, I was on Team Mr. Rogers both. all the way. I watched both, but I yeah, oh, I, was, okay. I was a Rogers guy. I, mean, I rolled with of Rogers. Of course, you watch both. Of course, a, you watch both. Yeah, yeah but I rolled with I, Rogers. I rolled with also, Rogers. Yeah. 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 By the way, Michael Clark has Ellen at number ninety-five. Uh, uh, by the way, I saw a lot of that. That's that's fine. If I had to make hundred fifty, that would be in there probably. He ha- he has the Today Show at ninety-six. That's absurd. Just because, like, there's four hours every day. Do you do you watch it all four hours? You need to watch. I've seen every every episode of every show to have it on your top. By the way, I just want to point out the Today Show is number seventeen on TV Guide's list. Listen, it's a very important show. It pays, you know, it paid uh, yeah. it paid a couple of my bills. Michael has your number two show at ninety nine, so I'll save it. Um, and then he has Alfred Hitchcock presents at number ninety seven. What's your feeling on that show? I don't know anything about it. So I don't know anything about it either, but he has it at 97 and Hollywood Reporter, Entertainment Weekly, that all all those uh, media groups all have Alfred Hitchcock's Presents as one of their top 100 shows. So uh, Michael's uh, got some good company there. And uh, let's just rip through Jim Crumley's bottom 50 quickly. Uh, he's got MacGyver at 52. Everybody knows about it, but nobody knows anything much. You know, everybody loves Raymond. He has a 56. Sure. Politically incorrect at 58. Oh, here's a show I missed. King of the Hill. I watched that show. I forgot that yeah, should be no on No problem with it. It wouldn't be in my top 100, but fine show. It should be on my top 100, and thank you to Jim. I should have reviewed this beforehand. Uh, here's a great one. At number 61, Jim has CBS's NFL Today with Brett Musburger. <laughs> Can I? Uh, my number one show of all time is uh, Football Night in America. It's the only show oh, that's ever sent me a on, check. Hold on. Hold on. The next show on his list at number 62 is Monday Night Football. Monday Night Football. Jim, how is it only 62? If you're going to put Monday Night Football on your list, how is it only 62? Yeah, yeah. if Monday Night Football is on your list, it should be one or two, I think. Yeah, like like if you're a listener of our podcast. But here, here's Jim's comment on, on NFL Today with Brett Musburger. He says, in my memory, it was much better than today's bloated preview shows, but it might <laughs> yeah. not hold up. I agree it might not hold up because I don't need to hear who was injured in week four. <laughs> Go watch watch an episode on YouTube this week. Let us know. I think it would be interesting. By the way, you I do – actually- you know what's yeah, fun? Watching old prime times. Like just search like a random oh, two- oh, amazing. It, you know, amazing. Everyone should do that tonight. Go watch like my, search like, you know, Jets Dolphins. Prime agree. Time. My my favorite 20 minutes or half hour of the week when sure. I was in high school. Sure, it was the was... only 30 minutes you weren't being bullied that no one was being mean to <laughs> no, you. Chris, no, but just <laughs> no Chris wedgies. Berman and Tom Jackson. Totally. I loved that. Cuz totally. this is before that was the only way to get in-depth highlights of every game. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was they amazing. Had, they only they had the only access. They could show like they yeah. had unlimited highlights. It was amazing. And, and, it's, and then when Sunday Night Football went from ESPN to NBC and actually primetime ended, I was actually really upset at the time. Sure. And then and then as I got older and now it's sort of you know politically correct to hate Chris Berman. You know, it sort of yeah. it makes the me a little bit sad. Chris Berman. Yeah. I, I did love Chris Berman loved as a him. kid. And I'm loved not, him. Very yeah. important to my sports upbringing for yeah. sure. Totally agree. 100. percent Wouldn't be here where that. I am today podcasting for yeah. free at 4:30 in the morning without Chris Berman. Yeah. <laughs> Jim has community at 67. Is that on your list? No, I haven't seen enough of it. All right, okay, all right. He has a show I never heard of at number seventy. Oh, by the way, he also has Mister Rogers at number seventy-one. All I right. shout I out to the Raj. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he has the greatest American hero at number seventy. What was it like an action? Is it like American Gladiators? Maybe. Ah, he says it's a sentimental pick, short-lived, but I loved it at the time. Okay. okay. He has. I mean, I mean, so this really shows. That what would be the most ridiculous us. show for people to have uh, on their list? I mean, Monday Night Football. <laughs> no, that's pretty good. <laughs> no, no, in NFL pretty no, can I, no, Thursday Night Football would be way more ridiculous. <laughs> what? If you're a Titans or Jaguars I love fan. the Titans-Jaguars yeah. matchups. Give me that, the way, give on, me that Chiefs-Chargers matchup every They're on Thursday night again this week, this yeah. year, obviously. Like, we really we, right. we missed we missed that. We should have done a whole NFL schedule thing, but we, we missed that. No, I'm not buying it. It's ridiculous. We've known who teams are playing for. Yeah, But I will point out that... Uh, ESPN predicted this, the records for every single team. Yeah, and then not even. <laughs> not, not even the cumulative record of the league is 100 games over 500. It's worse than our podcast guests. Wait, but, wait, Only but that's, two people were under 500. But it's not league. one guy doing it. It's every no, beat it's writer. Each, it's each team's yeah blogger, which is so stupid. Like <laughs> The Packers guy isn't going third. No, but, like, there was two teams in the league who were going 7-9. That was the worst. So uh, Really? ESPN no, bloggers, not one beat writer had a team going 6-10? and 10? I'd have to double check again. That's crazy. Look at the Jets record. They're going. They're starting zero six. I don't know how no, they're the Jets getting. Guy, Jets guy had him at eight and eight. I think. Um, and he and he's the most negative beat writer in the league. Oh, um, all right. Just so anyway, so I was just saying is, as we get into the seventies and the eighties on Jim's list, we really appreciate that he's a bit older than us because I've never heard of most of shows. Three, two, one contact at seventy two. I love. By the way, three, I, I wonder if Jim will remember this. Wait, hold on. Wait, is that what I think it is? Was that a kids show on PBS? Yeah. I love three, two, one contact. I hear I've always tried to find one episode just to see like if I hallucinated it. Doesn't it start one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve? No, I don't remember. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They did like a lot of random. There was a lot of like randomness. It was almost like SNL for kids. Hold on, I'm I'm playing the opening theme right now. One second. Yes, three, two, one contact. Oh wait, this is not what I remember, but I have seen the show. So I need to apologize to Jim for uh, making fun of him and for saying that these were old shows. Because okay, I, I actually have no recollection whatsoever. Of I also here. I'm going to ask. I'm going to send this out to Jim or anyone else listening who remembers. There was an episode of Three Two One Contact, and they would have like shows within the show. They'd have like educational stuff, and then they'd have like a serialized drama, you know, thing for ten minutes. And I just remember there was like a show where a person's house got like taken it got like helicoptered away they like they like forklifted their house away by like via helicopter if anyone remembers that hit me up i gotta i have to like figure out how to find that on on youtube i'd be really interested all and, right so uh, i don't know what that was i just saw but but i, I think i, I could have been like an acid too. trip when i was eight i don't know yeah all right anyways but now he's got a bunch of old shows andy griffin show i love lucy brady bunch gilligan's island super friends what's super friends i don't know he also has looney tunes as a show which i question but then he also has tom and jerry so i agree with him on that he has Scooby Doo. Where are you? Great, great move by him. Mm-hmm. He's got a, a bunch of cartoons here. Um, Pee Wee's Playhouse. He's got. He's got Sports Center on his list. He's got Mystery Science Theater three thousand. 
Okay. What do you say about that? I don't know much about it. You know, it's science. Yes. And, and the next show he has is a show called Sven Gulli, which he says is a Chicago area show similar to Mystery Science Theater 2000. Okay, he's got The Courtship of Eddie's Father at 98. I don't know what that is. Dream On at 101. All right, sorry. If it's outside the top 100, uh, Jim, we're not covering it. But uh, but Jim's list does go all the way into the 120s, so I, I do give him a lot of respect. For yeah, that. Uh, respect, as Ali G would say. Yeah. Maybe we'll talk uh, about Ali G uh, in the next podcast. Uh, we, we very well might. Okay, yeah. so there we go. That's that's uh, 51 to 100 for, for Akiva as well as for me and a couple of our listeners. So as we said, next week we're going to discuss the NFL draft. Akiva is putting together our uh, draft extravaganza. We have 32 fans from each Well, I said I would put it together. Now I regret it. I need your help. No, no, no. I, I do all the heavy lifting. I'm very show. busy. You are, uh, as opposed to me, I have no life. <laughs> You're going to be on vacation next week. I'm going to be working. No, I'm working. I'm working. I'm working for Michigan, but I'm still oh, working. Okay. Yeah, but this podcast is already like going to be like well over an hour and a half. That's fine. Two hours. That's fine. If people yeah, so, if people like it, then they'll want to listen to all of it. And if they don't like it, they won't listen to one second. It doesn't matter. That's true. Um, all right. So yeah, but the problem is I have to edit it, and that's going to take me like it takes me at least twice as long to edit it as the length of the show. Wow. So, yeah. All right. So so there you have it. That's fifty-one to one hundred. Next week, NFL draft preview. The week after that, we'll get back. We will hear Akiva's top fifty as well as top fifty of myself and any guests uh, and anybody who sends in their lists. Akiva, anything else exciting to say? Or no, I you know this was fun. I think this was a good idea. I'm sad we couldn't finish it in one, but I also think we'll get some some uh, solid takes from the listeners. Get some more people's top ten and top hundred lists in. Uh, are you watching the Spurs game right now? By the way, as we're yeah. recording, yeah, they're up thirty. Oh. Yeah, they're literally up 30, um, which would make it like the third biggest blowout of the first round so far. Yeah, so. People said before the first round, like if you win the first game by 40 or if you go up 3-0, the first yeah. round series oh, should be yeah, over. Bill, Bar- Bill Barwell said that, yeah. Yeah, I'm shocked. I'm shocked that four D-leaguers, including a starting power forward that the Spurs cut and like couldn't even make their training camp, can't keep up with the Spurs. I'm waiting for you to whatever us here so I can. Uh... Oh, I didn't know this was even the podcast. I thought this was like stuff you're editing out. Well, I'm probably going to edit out. I bet you still have to sign off. You know, usually I say whatever because it's, uh, you know, like I'm, you know, whatever. I don't care what we're saying at the end or I'm bored or I'm tired, but I feel like this was fun. This is like the most fun I've had doing this podcast. Oh, wow. Well, just wait till we get to the top 50 then because the shows are only going to get better. Yeah, I like talking about the irrelevant shows, though. Like there, it's going to be actual like I'm not going to have to like justify my. my. Uh, yeah, you, you know, keep proposing that we do a podcast where we like week by week a show that nobody watches. I think it's good. And I, I think it's good. Yeah, but nobody's going to listen to a podcast about a show that nobody's going to watch, so I'm waiting for you to sign off. I said it like four times in that whole paragraph. So I just have to go edit up. I have to go edit one of those whatevers into the end of the episode. Just I'll say whatever again. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.